Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Welcome into the Afternoons with Steffi podcast today. It's Tuesday. It's the 18th of October. Midday Madness today, well, it's the return of a bracket. And this time around, we're doing who is the best TV character of all time. We had a landslide of nominations. Only the top 32 will make it through. Had some ripper calls, a whole heap of text on that. That sort of took care of the first hour. And then we talked to Alex Schiffer. He's an NBA writer for The Athletic over in the States, previewing the upcoming season of the NBA, who he likes. Bit of trade talk etc etc and then we went back to America again and it was the Auckland Tuatara baseball coach he's in America at the moment but he's about to come to New Zealand Steve Mintz he's a great guy fantastic accent too just on some of the new recruits and how much he's looking forward to the Tuatara uh, commencing in the Australian Baseball League again then really lucky to talk to Yvette McCausland jury part of the coaching team with the Silver Ferns out of Australia. They're 2-0 up against the Diamonds. Good chat with her. Uh, Jimmy Smith across the ditch, one of our SEN mates. And uh, day two of the vault, five questions available as we try and unlock Sammy Hewitt's vault with the mystery, the mystery piece of sporting audio. We had another contestant today, Brenton it was, that had a crack today. We also found out what's making news. We look back in the day when we, we revisited the Show Me The Money bet that we had last week. Thanks for joining. Thanks for subscribing and downloading and listening to the Afternoons with Staffy podcast on SENZ. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome in, everybody. Great to be back in the chair just after a little brief sojourn yesterday, getting back from Tauranga from the Constellation Cup test match, which was down there. Great news that the Silver Ferns 2-0 up in the four-test series. And the two games, well, the next one is tomorrow night, 9.30 New Zealand time. Uh, this time the Diamonds are hosting the Silver Ferns. Big thank you to Ricardo Ball for stepping in uh, into the show yesterday. And um, as I say, great to be back today. Coming up on the show, 
Alex Schiffer, he's an NBA writer for The Athletic. We're going to preview the 2022-23 season. It gets underway tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about the, the trades, the ons, the offs, the suspensions, the controversies. We could probably go for an hour with Alex. We won't hold him that long, but there is so much to talk about. I'm going to sort of cherry pick a few teams that um, sort of pre-season are tipped to be the hardest ones to beat. So Alex Schiffer, that'll be at about half a, sorry, quarter past one. Uh, Mincy, the great man returns to the Auckland Tuatara. He is the head coach um, talking through some of the signings for 22-23 as well. Might just get his take on the MB, MLB playoffs as well, which we're in and amongst at the moment. Um, just after the 2.30 news, all going to plan, is about when the Silver Ferns finish a training session and they're going to try and make someone available to us. Um, we don't know who, <clears throat> but we will hope that that will happen just at about the 2.30 mark. Also, a little bit of hope as we are want to do the NPC Masterclass Award. Thank you to Property Brokers for giving us the ability to recognise someone from the NPC from the week before, just the four teams going around. And the one I've picked out is from one of the winning teams. We'll just have to wait and see if we can get through to them. And also talking to Jimmy Smith across the ditch. Uh, my understanding is the vault wasn't struck yesterday, but they tell me that the guy that got through his seven questions were first class. So... The vault will be at about 2.45. Listen out for that. So it would have jackpotted to a $100 TRB bonus bet. Uh, we'll have uh, the normal stuff, what's making news. We'll revisit our Show Me The Money bet and we'll have a look back in the day. But it's midday madness time and we are talking. You know how we've done bickies or the biscuits or the cookies. We've done the good golly Miss Molly Jolly Lolly off the greatest lolly in New Zealand. We ran a midday madness a few weeks ago and... We just ran it for an hour, and it got so much, so much interest. I said at the time, we'll do a bracket for that, and we'll have a playoff like we do, top 32, which means 16 head-to-heads, then the 16, then the 8, then the 4, then the grand final. And what are we looking for? We're moving away from foodstuffs because the one we did a few weeks ago went nuts. We want the votes today. And today's the only day that the field will be decided. Same rules as last time. If you ring up and give me a vote, it'll be two votes. If you text, it'll be one vote because we want to hear and and convince us and get other people to vote for them. It is who is the best TV character of all time. The best TV character of all time. Now, not movies, TV, but we will include like a Netflix series, not a Netflix movie, but series or neon, the, the TV series. So, for example, what's an example? Shit's Creek. I don't think it's been on TV, but it's on Netflix. So, so that can count. Um, the Office has been on both. So if you like Michael Scott or you like David Brent, so we want the character's name, not the actor's name. Midday Madness, it's going to be awesome because this is the day we set the 32, the final field. No late nominations tomorrow. The final field will be declared and we will read that out tomorrow. So, one vote per text, double eight, double three. Temper bedpost text machine. Text through your favourite TV character, they'll get a vote. Ring us with a vote and why? 0800 150 811. They will get two votes. And then the 32 TV characters that get the most votes will go into the bracket. And 
we'll have to come up with a name too because we've had, just we've thinking had, that yeah it's gonna be hard too yeah because we had the good golly miss molly jolly lolly off that was one of the great names yeah big bicky bonanza and the big bicky bonanza um tv character Ooh. thinking caps on something to do with the grammys or the emmys it's the emmys isn't it that for the well we had the staffy M's for the rugby it's not the staffies it's going to be the uh grammys oscars is the is the movies. Oscars movies. Emmy, I think Emmys is TV. Emmys is TV. What's oh yeah, Emmys. Mm. Well, uh, yeah. Well, they're going to hey, if you want to throw in a suggestion for the name as well, I tell you why you throw I in know, a character. I know some particular listeners out there will already have something on their mind. Craig in Tauranga, he'll have he'll have a competition name. Bang, and they come. Here come the text messages. But we want your calls. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Greatest TV character. Of all time, and a suggestion for a name. Let's go. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Right, we've already had about a dozen texts and a dozen different characters, no one the same, which is really cool. Oh, just said that, 30 more just came in. Here we go. This is going to be fun. This is the whole hour. Let's go to the lines. There will be a lot of calls. Mikey, Christchurch. G'day, buddy. Uh, g'day, Staffy. It's a difficult one, this one, man. I know, right. it is. Um, how many votes can I have? <laughs> I t- tell you, <laughs> you can suggest two via phone. You, uh, you can suggest all right. two. All right. There was one I was going to suggest when I was a kid, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> Too embarrassing. Can't, it's you, a bit lame. You uh, can't oh, vote for Felix the Cat now. No, no, Michael Knight from Knight Rider. Um, <laughs> Move on for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the one that will get no votes from anyone, but I think is the greatest character of all time. There was a program from BBC that ran about ten years ago called Spooks. Yeah. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. And it was the tagline was it's not nine to five, it's MI five. <laughs> and it was the most gritty, full on program. And this is before Netflix and all those type of things, right? And the characters would come on and be favourites and then get killed off. Oh. Like there was, they set this one guy up who was semi, or one woman who was kind of semi-famous, and she got killed off in the first episode. And you're like, what the heck are we watching? And they kind of started that trend of like getting fairly well-known actors or whatever to come on board, and you really liked them. And then, then three, three episodes later, they're gone. They're gone. Um, and it was brutal. Ran for 10 seasons, and, ha- and the guy, Harry Pierce, was the boss. The one who lasted the longest was the boss, and he, he had ructions with the Russians and this, that, and the other thing. I, I, I couldn't recommend this program highly enough. The greatest TV that's ever been. Spooks. In my very humble opinion. I have written yep. that on my take-home piece of paper to see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really good. Um, the uh, But the, character, the greatest character for me of all time as a teenager, even now, makes me laugh so much, is definitely Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. There you go. Nice. All yep. right. He gets written down. Thanks, mate. Nice. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Homer Simpson, and because Mikey rung up, he gets two votes, just like that. Let's go to Jamie out of Nelson. G'day, Jamie. G'day, Steph. Welcome back, mate. Thanks, buddy. Great comp. Could I get two um, nominations? Yep. Because I can't spot them. Uh, Basil Fawlty. <laughs> He's one of my all-time favourites too. Just brilliant. Good shout. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned him before, David Brent. David Brent. Yeah, he's he's one of my. He's. Can I say that? I think he's probably 
If I was a listener and I was calling up to nominate one, he'd be mine. David Brent from The Office. Brilliant. Totally. Thanks, mate. Top man, Jamie. Jamie out of Nelson. Let's go to Palmy. Talk to Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, Staffy. Mine are a, le- uh, a lot less uh, serious than that. Steve Austin, <laughs> six million dollar man. He was unbelievable. He was actually. I, I, yeah, I uh, had a few injuries imitating him jumping off the garage roof into the pool and uh, over a corrugated iron fence. And the other one, I you know, just. <laughs> from what he was as an actor to who he became, Frank Spencer. Oh. You know, he was just so funny, and then you just couldn't take him seriously as Phantom of the Opera, and it didn't seem like he was singing, and yet he was so good. You know, It was unbelievable. He'd, he'd have one of the most transformational uh, character shifts, wouldn't he? Just complete opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you know how you, if you see a guy in that sort of role, or a woman... You just can't take them. I, I still can't take him seriously no. as Phantom of the Opera because I just hear him going, Betty, Betty, you know. Like, oh. he just like, yeah, and he was just, I don't know, a lot of people wouldn't have seen him, but how how he used to wreck stuff and things would just happen and fall apart in his hands were just... He was one of the first guys to do embarrassment TV. Like Mr Bean came along a few years later and, yeah. and, did, and they embarrassed themselves. So, yeah, great shout, Dave. I like that. Yeah. The other guy I quite like was uh, Hawkeye off MASH. You know, they had, the, they had the still in their MASH tent, him and BJ Cunnicutt. They never did what they were supposed to. Brilliant surgeons, though, you know, when it came to. And they were either uh, drinking or uh, performing surgery. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Brilliant, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Good chatting. Okay. Cheers, care. mate. See you, mate. Oh, we're getting some good ones through. Let's go to Hamilton, talk to Simon. G'day, Simon. Hey, Steph. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Hey, um, Steve Austin. I don't know his real name, but... Six million dollar man, he was pretty impressive. His real name was Lee Majors. Lee Majors, that's exactly right, yep. Lee Majors. And my other one, and I don't know his real name, but he's got to have Mr. T in there somewhere. Oh, yes, from the A team. Good shout. Good spotting. And there's another one, uh, greatest American hero, old Ralph, he was pretty good too. I think he was he was a an acquired palate, the greatest American hero. Well, he was. Yeah, good man, Simon. Well, well, cheers, mate. cheers, buddy. Good nominations. Go to Tauranga, and we talk to Chris. G'day, Chris. G'day, mate. How are you? Very well. Hey, oh, you got to have the Fonzie, don't you? Oh, hey? of course you do. Of course you do. You know, he was just cool in my day. You know, like yeah. <laughs> And um, oh, look, going to the match scene, Klinger for me was uh, a hell of a character. Always, you know, something different, anything to get out of war, you know. He was so, very uh, he was different really for that time. Very different yeah, for that yeah, time. Very different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a uh, little couple of weird ones here, but, uh, you know, two that stick with me, I think. That's but, what we want, the ones that come top of mind. And they're the two for you. It says a lot about you, Chris. You, you like living on the <laughs> edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leather jacket and a dress. That's me. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Chris. Great call. Oh, good stuff. Give us a yelp. 0800-150. It is Midday Madness. Whoa, the surge of text messages. 55 of them in 10 minutes. 55 in 10 minutes. We're going to have to do, they all get, oh, look at the people. Look at the names that are coming through.
there is a wide right. I tell you what, we're going to end up with more than 32, okay? So if you want someone and you're going to have to vote for them, two votes when you call, 0800 150 and I love the little short recollections you have of them um, that we've just heard from the callers there. So we'll take a break. We've cleared the lines. They're ready for your calls. 0800-150-811. Give us a yell, your favourite TV characters. Here we go. Let's get through these calls. Had some great ones come through on text as well. First one, we go to Rob. G'day, Rob. Hey, Steffi. Uh, just got two quick ones for you. Uh, when I was a kid and we only had TV, I, just, I knew I wanted to become Magnum PI when I grew older. Magnum, <laughs> uh, nice. So uh, and now that I'm older, I've found that I've actually turned more into Al Bundy, so that'll be my second one. <laughs> oh, just living a parallel universe to your life. I like that. That's the one. Okay, that's happy. Thanks, mate. Top man, top man. Magnum PI and Al Bundy. Uh, next one up is Zane. G'day, Zane. G'day, g'day. How you going? Good, thank you, sir. All good. Well, program I like that it's got so many characters um, was Taxi. Uh, Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, the madman, <laughs> Mary Lou Henner, who was quite hot when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lut- Lutka. Man, what a group of characters on one program. Yeah, you're right, actually. They all, they all had their own bit, didn't they? Oh, it's insane. Judd Hirsch, yep. Jeff Conway, who was Bobby, Carol Kane, she was Simka, crazy. Anyway, that, that's my one for you. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks, Zane. Good stuff. Um, let's go to our friend of the show. Let's talk to Ed. Kia ora, Ed. Well, I'm pretty serious. I like Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Yeah, I'm You know, mate, he thinks the universe is a screwdriver. Jeez, I wouldn't have picked you as picking Doctor Who, Ed. Oh, no, well, yeah, you know, my childhood watching Doctor Who on the Sunday or whatever, and next minute, hello, the time board, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right, two votes in for Doctor Who. And before I let you go, Ed, Nati yep. Paro, East Coast, up oh. the boys. Yeah, man, they're in the final now. Wow, man. Are you going to go down to Are you going to go down to it? No, man, I won't be going down. Oh. I won't be down there. All right. Yeah, I missed out, but that's okay. You that, know, my heart's down there. That's for the boys. That's right, boy. Good on you, Ed. Thanks for chatting. Uh, that's two for Doctor Who. All right, let's scoot on down to Wellington. Talk to Scott. G'day, Scott. Hey, Steffi. How you going? Good, mate. Uh, just want to say first, well done on the netball commentary. Oh, um, thank you. Did a great job. That's that. so much fun. Um, I get a bit carried away sometimes. <laughs> Oh, no. You, you sounded like you're enjoying yourself, and that's the main thing at the end of the day. Yeah, I really do. I really do. Um, mine would be um, uh, Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses. Yep. Um, and then the other one would actually be uh, one that I enjoyed growing up was uh, Tim the Tallman Taylor. Oh, um, yes. And I think, yeah, the older older you get and uh, yeah, you sort of work out why uh, you thought you could do everything, but you couldn't, couldn't do it all. Um, and... Um, yeah, you know, you put your foot in your mouth exactly like he, he used to do in the show and that as well. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you can relate to a lot of that stuff the older you get. <laughs> yes, you sure can. You absolutely can. Great nomination, Scott. Thank you, buddy. Cheers, Steffi. Have a good day. Cheers, mate. Uh, this will be interesting. Dino Dunedin. G'day, Dino. Yeah, mate. Uh, 
you did do a good job with the old netball, to be pretty honest. And um, learning as you go, that's always important in sports commentary, as you well know. Yep. But uh, for me, I, I rang once before on your TV things, and it was Billy T. James. It has to be for me. Just the best New Zealand character we've ever had on TV, if you ask me. I but think if you ask me as well. well. I did I did enjoy Billy T, yep. He was real, mate. Like, he was just real. Mm. And the sad part is, imagine it now. It would mm. be a real... Yeah, we won't go there. We're not allowed to. But um, the other one that I absolutely love, and being in the building game, you know where I'm going with this. Like, you, 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 if you got any blood or skin in building, you had to love old Jimmy Nail of Avita's own pet. That was oh, just gold. I loved that show. Thank you for reminding me of every, that show. Every red-blooded male loved that, mate. You couldn't but not love it. Do you remember he brought out a song? Yeah, I do, and it was pretty good too. It was a we good tune. I might get yeah, Keza yeah, to download it and we'll play it at some stage during the show. That's a great shout. Jimmy Nail's song, Kez. See if you can find that. He's given me the nod. So stay listening, Dino, as I know you will. Yeah, I don't listen to anything else, mate. The rest drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> good man. You're my apprentice, buddy. It's simple as that. Without you, I'm buggered. Yeah, all right. And without the listeners, we are too. So it's good to have you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Do you know with the Jimmy Nail, our feeders ain't pit. That was a show. That was a show. What was his song? Um, ain't no doubt it's plain to see. I think that's his one. Yeah. Woman like you's no good for me. Oh, yes, we'll play that soon. We will play that soon. Um, whew, a lot of calls. Quick, rapid fire. I like it. Um, so what's come through on the phone calls so far? Homer Simpson, Basil Foldy, David Brent, Steve Austin, Frank Spencer, Hawkeye, Mr. T, Fonzie Klinger, Magnum P.I., Al Bundy, Doctor Who, Del Boy, Tim the Toolman, Billy T, Jimmy Nail. That's just the phone calls. And texts, I've started writing those down too. I'm not going to tell you what they are because they get one vote each. But I will tell you this so far, three text votes, Basil Foldy, three text votes, Kramer. And that's just the ones I've gone through so so far. So, phone calls get two votes. 0800 150 Text votes get one vote. And that's okay. They'll all, they'll all compile into the grand totals. The 32 with the most votes will go into our bracket. And you know how brackets work because you're good sports listeners out there. And it will be seeded as well. So the one with the most votes will be seeded number one. Doesn't always transfer into victory in our brackets, but you do get an easier path if you're seeded one, two, three, etc. So one will go against seed 32. I think that's how we work it. Or do we do one and 16, two and 32? I can't remember the, the brackets, how we work it out. But anyway, get your votes through. 0800 150 We'll go down to Christchurch, talk to Wade. G'day, Wade. G'day, Steph. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Wade. Uh, Murdoch from the A team for me, mate. Murdoch. He, was he? Did he have a nickname? Or was he, was he just Murdoch? Ah, he yes. Was yes. Always in the psych ward. <laughs> <laughs> so who were that? There was Murdoch. There was Mister T. The face. The face and Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. Jeez, you you know yeah. it off the back of your hand, mate. Sunday night used to be A team. The Miami Vice with Crockett and Tubbs. Oh, that was a show too. Oh, some memories, but I'm with Dino with Billy T. James. Yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? I'll give him another one from you too as well. Good shout. Good shout, Wade. Thank you. Right, mate.
Good man. Thank you, buddy. Uh, one more before the news. Brad from Dunedin. G'day, Brad. Happy, how are you? Good. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, so am I. Few blasts from the past. I know. Uh, mine, are, mine are a wee bit more recent, but um, I personally can't go past Peter Griffin. Family guy. Oh, Yes, now that's, it's an acquired taste, I think, Family Guy. Uh, I struggle with cartoonology, but I do like the humour. Yeah, very good humour. Um, and another one, um, the US off Michael Scott, he's probably my goat. Yeah, but there's a big discussion out in the office because Sammy Hewitt, producer Sammy Hewitt, loves Michael Scott and I love David Brent. <laughs> From the British office. Quite a few on there. Quite a few on the US office. You've got your Dwight Schrutes and um, Jim Halpert, but you can't go past Michael Scott. Yeah. And but, a third one, if I could, would be Mr. Bean. Yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, just so clever. I love intelligent humour. And, you know, having having a world-renowned comedian that doesn't say a word takes a skill set, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good man. Thanks for calling, Brad. Awesome. Cheers, mate. We'll just, uh, Donald from Christchurch, we'll just keep you on hold. We're just going to duck away for about two minutes. We've got new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. If you want to nominate your favourite TV characters to get the grand award, first time this has ever been done in New Zealand, and proud to bring it to you. 0800 150 the number. Call it now, and we'll be back with your calls and with Donald from Christchurch after Johnny Mack. Right, back to the calls, favourite TV characters of all time. Uh, we have had 50 different characters nominated so far, thereabouts. Only the top 32 are going to make it into the bracket. Let's find out what Donald from Christchurch thinks. G'day, Donald. How you doing, Sappy? All right, mate? Good, thanks, Donald. Hey, um, we'll go Mr T for a start. Yep. And then I was going to take John Cleese from Faulty Towers. Yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> always put a smile on my face. Basil and um, Jonesy from Dad's Army. Oh, now what was his line? Um, was he a don't, no, panic, don't panic? Don't, don't panic, panic, Mr. Mannering. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, Jones, Jonesy <laughs> from Dad's Army. Nice. I'll chuck him down. Nice work. Okay, thanks, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks, buddy. You too, Jonesy from Dad's Army. That's going back. Oh, it's going way back. Uh, Zade from Auckland. Here's some current ones. Here's some current ones. G'day, Zade. I haven't got you, Zade. Have I got you, Zade? Uh, hello? Yeah, gotcha. Good one by the breakers last night, but I'll get on to my characters. Yep. Um, what about Sp- SpongeBob SquarePants? Oh, come on, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, mate? <laughs> um, I'll write him down. Uh, what about um, Handy, Handy Mandy? Who's Handy Mandy? You know, with a talking toolbox. I don't. Yeah, he's got talking tools. Really? Like a screwdriver, um, lifty, but um, definitely um, my uh, Harpu um, and Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. We've had a few for Homer, but I'm going to chuck Bart in. And Harpoo. And yeah. Harpoo. All right. I don't cooking mark. Oh, no, um, uh, Mickey Mouse. We'll have Mickey Mouse as well. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Jeez. We'll take you, Mickey Mouse. You got the full gambit be, there. You can't beat Disney without Mickey Mouse. Mickey yeah. Mouse is older than your dad. Yeah. Still <laughs> Disney, though. I always remember watching um, Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse on the TV when I was young. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. Good man, Zade. I put them in Thank for you. Dear Zade, Mickey Mouse, like, do they still make new Mickey Mouse stuff, or is that just all historical now? Do they ever bring out they do, n- no. new Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck nah, and it's Pluto? Gotta, it's got to be all three D now. It's got to be all three D. It's all gone like Thor stuff and and um, Marvel stuff, eh? Mm. Like the classic. Because I grew up with Porky Pig and Daffy Duck and Uncle you, Scrooge. Do you know what I'm finding quite interesting, just telling up some of the text votes here and, and obviously the ones you're getting on the phone? A lot of nostalgia, which is understandable, but very few recent ones. And if you look at, I just jumped on IMDb and t- took a look at the best TV series of all, of all time. And you've got Breaking Bad, um, you've got Game of Thrones. Those none of, No characters are coming out of that. Like Walter White out of Breaking Bad. No, we've had uh, we've had some Walter Whites on text. I've I've just scrolled through and I didn't see a Walter White on there. Oh. And then you've got I mean you're not a Game of Thrones fan, but there's some big characters in Game of Thrones. No one's sitting. So some of the more current ones are missing out. I think. Oh well. Yeah. Hey, it's a democracy. Staff. It's the people's it choice. It's the democracy. It is the democracy. Unfortunately. Let's see. Oh, Mid Canterbury, great part of the world. Uh, we go to Justin. G'day, Justin. Yeah. How you going, Sammy? Good. Thanks, mate. Now, um, it's a. Uh, I've got three, but it's two. Two's a toss up between Blackadder and Birds of Foldy. <laughs> Blackadder, brilliant. <laughs> and um, Walter White would be my third one. Yep. And if you don't, and if you don't know who Walter White is, oh, it's, I know uh, the main, the main instigator in Breaking Bad. He was brilliant on that. He's definitely one of mine as well. He's, uh, it's hard to believe. I know someone brought up Michael Crawford earlier on, um, you know, being Frank Spencer and, and the Phantom. Well, Brian Cranston being being the dad out of Malcolm in the Middle and then Walter White, complete polar opposites. Very opposite. Yeah, you're right there. You're bang on. Good stuff. Have you, have you, now, you, you obviously watched Breaking Bad, Staffy, did you? Yes, I did. But have you, now, have you seen the deleted short at the end of it where uh, he wakes up, um, he wakes I got to come off this, Steph. Is he going to? Is he going to give us spoilers? Are you going to? You got to give us some sort of warning here. We got people listening. Might be halfway through, Steph. Have you cut him off? Yeah, you can bring him back in, but as long as he. Okay, no spoilers, Justin. No spoilers. No, no, it's just it's not a spoiler. It's just um, it's just an alternate ending, I guess. But where he 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 uh, wakes oh, up, not, he's yep. still the he's still the father of and Malcolm of the Middle, and he wakes up. Next yeah. to his, his character wife, and he thinks Breaking Bad's all a dream. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I like it when they just come completely from left field with a finishing. I do like it. Good stuff, Justin. Good nominations. Thank hey. you. Let's go to Brendan. G'day, Brendan. Hey, Steffi. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Brendan. All right. I've got um, got a couple for you. Um, Arkwright. Oh, Arkwright. From Open All Hours, old Arkwright, and Nurse Gladys Emanuel. Yes. And I've got a new one for you, seeing you haven't got many of them. Dr. Sean Murphy. I like Dr. Sean Murphy. What's he in? I said not knowing. He's the autistic doctor in the in a medical program called The Good Doctor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You recommend it? If you haven't seen it, Oh, bro, it's awesome. Yep, if you haven't seen it, get onto it. It's awesome. The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor. Okay. Yep, you can stream it. Okay, so, that, that's on uh, my... Uh, a couple of the streaming books. 
I have a little bit of paper here that is my take-home bit of paper with recommendations and ideas, recipes, movies, TV shows, anything you guys give me. So that's on my take-home bit of paper. I've got The Good Doctor and I've got Spooks. Thanks to you guys. Thanks, Brendan. Nice. And one more, mate, if I could. Yep. Um... Hannibal Smith as well. Someone brought it up before, but I, I love the A-Team. And, and, yeah, you can't beat Hannibal Smith. I tell you what, if we had best TV show, I think the A-Team would go quite high because people are loving all these different ca- uh, characters off it. Oh, it's just your childhood, mate. Like like I said, I'm 47. Um, yeah, that stuff just brings, brings back the good old memories. Yeah, it does. It really does. Good shout, Brendan. Thanks for calling. Awesome, Brendan. Cheers, yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, one more before the break. We go to Taranaki. Talk to Greg. G'day, Greg. How's it going, all right? Good, thanks, Greg. So sorry. Um, Captain Kirk. Oh. William Shatner, yeah. Yeah. Story. And um, Mr. Bean. Yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy he's getting. Um, I've written them down before. I just need to get two more ticks. This is the, my list is so long now. There he is. There. So long. Yeah, very classy. Ha- like, yeah. yeah, just very talented. Eh? Very talented. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Greg from Taranaki. Um, I remember Rowan Atkinson was on with, oh, what's that guy? Graham name? Norton. Graham Norton. And he just got him to, you know, do you practice your facial expressions? I think it was the Graham Norton one. No, it was the guy before him, Parkinson. I think he was on with Parkinson or someone like that. And he sat there and he said, um, give me a face where you've just – tasted something for the first time or you're tasting it and you don't like it but you don't want the people around you to know what does that face look like and he did it and it was brilliant he's got a talking face without saying anything and he just threw all these happenstances at him and he did the face oh so talented so talented there's a text vote for Tony Soprano Sam you happy now? Yeah, I've got a lot for Tony Soprano. Oh, okay. And I do like that uh, that particular texture has just clarified that it is indeed Tony Soprano from The Sopranos. Right. Um, so just thank you for the clarification. Just in case it was the other Tony Soprano. Yeah. Um, have you had any for Dexter? Oh, no, I actually haven't. Yes. No, that, do you one, like that one, do One you? of my favourite shows, yeah. I'm, um, I've am i written down a couple of mine. Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders. Um, right. I think he's a great character. Um, the, I always talk about Money Heist, the Spanish one, The Professor. And mm. money, money heist. If you've seen that, he won't um, make the thirty-two. Well, he won't. But I'm just saying, some mine. If, oh, I, some if of I may. Do you think many of yours will make the thirty-two? Oh, um, Michael Scott. Tommy will. Shelby. Mm, if people, if people agreed with me, I might get a few Tommy Shelby's. The other one, and I mentioned it before, and I know you're not a fan, so you roll your eyes. But there are some very, very good characters in Game of Thrones. People that you hate. I told you you roll your eyes. I did it on there, paper. There's, there, you know, people that you absolutely hate. And I think, not a measure of a good character, but I think an actor's done a very, very good job if they make you just despise them yeah. as a character on TV. Like these people who can't do roles outside of that anymore. They walk down the street and people give them abuse because of the character they played on TV. So you've yeah. got to give credit to those guys. Yeah, you do. Yeah, And people get hate mail and death threats yep. for playing a character. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Just amazing. All right, 0800 150 11, phone lines open till 1. Happy to take your calls or if you want to text through a vote because you're driving or you can't get to a phone to talk because you get in trouble in the office, Double eight double three. that is the temper bed post text machine. You're on the afternoons with Staffy. We're finding the top 32 and we've now got over 65 votes, so only the top 32 will make it through. Uh, give us a yell, we'll be back. Straight back to the phones, looking for your nominations for the greatest TV character of all time. 
Taranaki Irish John. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. I'm interested in yours. Uh, granddad and fifth one son. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I was the trying time, to think. The time he was cooking a fry up. <laughs> he was cooking a fry up and had fried sails in the yard and the, the, the fried egg landed in the horse side. And he chucked it back in the frying pan. And then he said, oh, that just had a bit of flavour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a show. They don't make them like that anymore, Irish John, do they? Ah, uh, legends, those fellas, that's <laughs> for sure. Great nomination. Thank you, yep. sir. Hi, Bob. Good on you, buddy. Down to Christchurch we go. We talk to Bruce. G'day, Bruce. Daffy, hey, buddy. Very well. Um, fun topic, mate. Um, I, I've got three. Hey, Rowan Atkinson is absolutely amazing. I, th- I think uh, I probably enjoy him most on Black Adder when yep. that was on. Yeah. Just outstanding. Um, I'm going to say Doc Martin, Martin Clune. Yes. He is superb, and, and the number of times his face, he just doesn't move. <laughs> but it's incredibly hard to, you must be filming, and, you know, it's rock. Uh, he doesn't blink, and he makes a comment. Just an actor to do that is incredibly talented. Yeah. And the lines that come out of, some of the lines are just so, uh, yeah, amazing. Um, and the real favourite, I think, is probably the old program Taxi and um, the short fella, um, Danny DeVito. Yeah. What, what a character. Yeah. We all grew up with it back then. And, oh. That was a show and a half, wasn't it? Just to, And someone mentioned what? that every character was strong, which was good. It wasn't like a lead actor. There probably was, but everyone was strong and memorable in their own way, a bit like MASH as well. Well, yeah, mash, absolutely. Yeah, some goodies at mash, but um, you're right. That look, they don't make enough like that anymore. No, no. <laughs> Roll on the reruns. Good man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, mate. All right. Good to talk. Cheers, mate. One more, and it's back to Christchurch. Well, staying in Christchurch, we're going to talk to Alan. G'day, Alan. Okay, Staffy. It's George Cole as Arthur and Minder. Yes, that was a show too. Oh, Arthur. Uh, and what was the other guy's name? Uh, what was the other guy's character's name? Um, uh, Terry. Terry, that's Terry. it. Arthur Daly and Terry. Yeah. Good shout. They're a couple of rippers, but you want to go with Arthur. I'm going to chuck Arthur down for a vote for you. Yeah, thank you. Good on you, buddy. There is Elton. Cheers, mate. Now, if you like Arthur, now that's the first nomination we've had for them, and it is the phone, but it's two votes, but it's not enough to get it into the 32. So if you want Alan's Arthur from Minder, um, you better text through or better call through. 0800 150 811. So many texts, it's hard to keep up. But we are keeping up between the three of us. And um, tell you what, I've written down five that are absolutely going to be in the 32 because there's, there's some very strong ones here. Very, very strong ones here. I've just written a sixth one down who have multiple, multiple votes. Um, but the top 32 will make it. Last break before the news, you have a chance after this to give us a call 0800 150 Catch up with you straight after the break. And sneaking in with a call before the news, we go to Nelson Talk to Dave. G'day, Dave. Yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, Dave. Well, 
loving this show, mate. It's awesome. <laughs> hey, um, I don't know if anybody's mentioned the boys from Cheers, but um, Norman Cliff. Oh, we're always, uh, we're always practice. Love yeah, those guys. Too, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now my my votes uh, would have to go. Nash is probably my favourite program of all time, and uh, I'd have to go for for Hawkeye. Yep. And for um, Colonel uh, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. Uh, I, don't know, I don't think he'll get any votes, but he was he was a cracker and. Um, I remember the, the episode when he when he died in the helicopter crash um, was a bit of a bit of a tearjerker. So, it was. Uh, yeah, those would be my team. Yeah, good yeah, man. So, but I love that program. Just some awesome awesome characters: Frank Burns, Klinger, um, Radar O'Reilly, um, B.J. Honeycutt, and all those boys. Hot so, lips, yeah, great show. Hot lips, hand. Yeah. <laughs> Always got to have hot lips in the cast, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Good stuff, good Dave. You, Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Uh, Dave from Nelson, here the cast of Mash, fantastic. Um, one that hasn't made the phone lines but is very popular on text line is Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. Just telling you that uh, Daisy Duke is going to make the 32. Um, we are hurriedly, I'm going to try and get you the list before the end of the show, but I'm not exaggerating. Over 100 text messages have come in with votes and there's a huge array of, dom- of nominations as well. So we're going to find the ones with the top 32 votes. And that will form the bracket. Um, I'm just going to check with Sammy when he thinks uh, the bracket will start. Um, probably tomorrow, if I'm lip reading. Probably, yeah, well, we'll start it tomorrow. So it's going to take a bit of compiling. And here's the other challenge I've given to Captain K. We're going to play the theme music from all of these shows over the next few days as well. How good. We'll be up and about with the TV uh, awards. Um, Leading contender for the name of them is the Senzies. I don't know if you're into that, people. We need a name for this competition. So you can text those through on 8833. And what's the name of the uh, competition that we're going to anoint as a grand champion, favourite TV character of all time? So you can keep texting those in through the day if you like. No more phone calls. Oh, we might have room for phone calls after the 1 o'clock news. Yeah, let's take some phone calls after the 1 o'clock news because it's been great memories. Great memories. News time with Johnny Mack. Jimmy Nail from Alfita's own vet. Alfita's own pet. Uh, Jimmy Nail. I remember when that came out. That was just straight on the back of the success of the show. They said, let's put a song out. Number one, globally. Tune. And if you notice, he doesn't actually sing much. Doesn't actually sing too much. Um, You're free to call. We've got about another seven minutes. We can take some calls. 0800 150. 11 for your favourite TV characters of all time. We have got a definite... We've got a definite 
22 or 23. And then there's a whole raft of them that are tied. So if you need to, if I'm going to read out, I'll give you the top 16 seeds at the moment, okay? So if your one's not there, you better ring up and vote for them, and it might nudge them into the top 32. So here's, and this is in no particular order. Um, no particular order. We have got Tony Soprano, Mr. Bean, Magnum P.I. Oh, I've got Mr. Bean twice. Okay. Uh, Black Adder. Two Rowan Atkinsons. Billy T. James, Walter White, Michael Scott, Basil Fawlty, Hawkeye, David Brent, Steve Austin, the $6 million man, Frank Spencer, Mr. T, The Fonz from Happy Days, Al Bundy, and Ruthie from Ozark. Very heavily supported on text. And I actually mentioned to you before, Daisy Duke as well. So I think that's about 18 or 19. So those guys, those guys are all, um, they're locked in to be in amongst the top 32. I think I gave you 18 there. So if there's one missing, if there's one missing that you really, really want, give us a yell or give us a text. 0800-150-811 is the number, and that's the number that Jeff from Christchurch has called in on. G'day, Jeff. G'day, mate. How are you going? Very well, Jeff. Is it, is it Robert Coltrane from uh, from where, where he was a cop? Robbie Coltrane? Cracker? Cracker. That was a ripper series, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, it was it was truly back in the day, but it, it uh, seemed to start an era of um, of these gritty characters who had a hell of a lot more realism than some of the American pop shows that we were seeing at the time. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, and I, I just thought he he was badly damaged, but but played it beautiful. I, I just loved, loved the man, loved the show. It would stand up today. I tell you what, there was a few text messages through, and your two votes... Uh ringing up now, I think we'll push him into the 32, young cracker. So that's the difference it makes, mate. So you've rung. He'll make the top 32. Good on you, mate. Good, Good on day. you, bud. Cheers, Cheers mate. Uh, Jeff from Christchurch there with cracker. That was uh, – and did, was it Robbie Coltrane that recently passed away like two or three days ago? I think it was. I think I heard on um, our news a couple of days ago at age 72 or something. There were a lot of cop shows. I, I remember his young fella, Columbo. Hill Street Blues. Someone mentioned Miami Vice before. Um, Crockett and Tubbs, Starsky and Hutch. That's long, long ago. A lot of cop shows weren't there. Um, Taggart. Uh, Magnum PI was sort of a cop show. A lot of those weren't there back in the day. I'm just trying to think of that one other one. Um, no one mentioned anyone from Bonanza, Little House on the Prairie. Here we go. We had a few. Hasn't made the 32 yet for Dr. Opata and the other doctor from Shortland Street as well. That got a mention. Um, Chris Warner got a mention. Never watched Shortland Street, but I know who you're talking about. Um, We've also had a few from a number of the Friends cast, but only one of them is in the top 32 at the moment. Only the one. Um... And also, I can't remember the name of the show, if I think about it. There was the mum and the two girls living in an apartment with the janitor. can't remember the name of the show, but oh, I recognise the character, but I'm not going to say which one. Um, anyway, text them through, double eight, double three. Oh, there's a ripper. Now, Cheech and Chong, Troy, one of my greatest, that little series of movies, but it's not a TV series, Troy. 
It's not a TV series. I don't think Cheech and Chong had a TV series. If we had great uh, movie characters, bang on, I'm with you. But there's a TV series or Netflix series, not movies, miniseries, that sort of thing. Um, look at them come in. I just, yes, Robbie Coltrane died at the weekend. Thank you. Yeah, sad times. He was a wonderful actor. Wonderful, wonderful actor. Um, I did enjoy that. Anyway, we will take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. The calls, the nominations on the phone lines are closed, but you can keep texting them through double eight double three. You're on Afternoons with Staffy. That is an association every day between 12 and 4 with Gull, uh, fueling your mission all year round, every day. Open all the time. Fuel in, pay, get out. Just get out. Go and get out. It's fast. It's very, very fast. So thank you to Gull for joining us. We really do appreciate it. 12 to 4 every afternoon. And remembering tomorrow between 3 and 4 is uh, our great rugby league show, Running It Straight with Sammy and Kempe. And on Thursday is Phoenix Nation with Ricardo Ball as well. So uh, great to have Gull enduring with us, staying with us, playing with us. 12 to 4 every day. Righto, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joining the head coach of the Auckland Tuatara, the back up and running, Steve Mintz. He's a great man, loves his baseball. There's some new signings for the Tuatara. He'll put it into perspective what these guys are going to bring. And we'll touch on the World Series as well because that's going on. Steve Mintz, after the break. Uh, as mentioned, we are going to be talking some baseball now. So good to see the... Tuatara, uh, getting the gang back together and uh, every band needs a lead singer and he's been the lead singer for a while. I hope his voice is still good. Steve Mintz from the Tuatara joins us. Mincy, <laughs> welcome in, buddy. Hey, dude, I didn't know if you wanted me to sing a song coming in or what. I didn't know. Mate, bang one out. It's going to be country. I just know it's going to be country. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, I know how much you enjoy coming. Home, man? Yeah, I know how much you're coming. You enjoy coming to New Zealand and uh, just being part of this right from the get-go. The Auckland Tuatara, uh, the big news today: a Taiwanese star, um, Su Wei Lin. Now, I initially thought this will be a pitcher, but it's not. It's a batter, the highest ever sign-on player out of Taiwan. What can you tell us about Su Wei Lin? Yeah, we're uh, super excited. We've been uh, been in uh, talks with him for a while and. Um, Cola's been trying to help us out over there on the Taiwanese side and uh, the fact that we can get uh, that that quality of player. And I can play him at third. I can play him at short. He can play second. Um, he can swing the bat a little bit. And um, But, yeah, we're super excited to add him, you know, to, to, the, to the rest of the squad that we have now. And we, we feel like he's going to um, give us some good leadership and um, obviously help us on the baseball field to win baseball games. What's his goal as a player? He's 28 years old. He joined uh, the Boston Red Sox in 2017, had three seasons with them, had a season with the Twins. What's what's his goals and desires to come to Auckland? Um, just to, you know, continue to stay fit. You know, he played um, over in Taiwan, and then uh, this is an opportunity for him to keep playing. And, um, you know, when we're when we're talking with people about coming and playing with the Tuatara, um, we, we sell opportunity. You know, that's one of the things that we're big on. Um, we've had, you know, we've had uh, e- each of the first seasons that we've had uh, in Auckland, um, we've had a, a player signed, you know, out uh, to an affiliate team over here in the state. So 
um, you know, the word gets out that, you know, this is an opportunity to play, um, you know, because we have there's, – there's more scouts that, that roam around Australia and New Zealand than people know, um, you know, and they're, they're still looking for talent, you know. So if he comes over and um, does what he's supposed to, you never know. He might, you know, be able to get an invite to spring training to, a, to you know, one of the affiliated clubs over here. You're closely associated with a few clubs over Major League Baseball way. Uh, any other prospects uh, on the radar to come over and join the Tuatara? Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, picks from the Nationals coming that we'll uh, announce here soon. Um, the corner outfield and first baseman guys. Um, the Texas Rangers have sent out um, a couple of really good guys. Um, and then the Padres uh, sent out uh, um, a second baseman, uh, Hoffman, um, and uh, two uh, arms that we're going to use at the back end of games, too, that are really good. So um, the the organizations over here have uh, really um, given us a good crop of players this year. And uh, it's not from lack of phone calls, I can tell you that, because <laughs> I, I, I keep wearing them out and – um, the people that have supported us, you know, over the years, um, you know, we, we try to make sure that we look after those guys. What do the New Zealand stocks look like? Because, you know, locals here want to see our baseballers with opportunity and thank goodness for the Tuatara coming along being our first uh, professional baseball franchise. What do you know about the New Zealand stocks that are going to be on your roster? Um, well, we're we're super, super, super happy about Matthews uh, coming over uh you know, he went the the college route in the States and then got signed by the White Sox um, uh, last year, um, came through and, you know, played his first full affiliated season this year. But um, we're super excited. Uh, he'll 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 be starting at uh, at short a third um, for us uh, uh, on every game. I hope, you know, that's what we're expecting from him. Um, we've got Campbell's going to be uh, on one of our our catchers. Um, just finished, uh, you know, his first uh, rookie season uh, with the Detroit Tigers, so we're we're super happy about him. Um, Kyle Golovsky, um, being able to get him to come back and um, be able to be with us, you know, after COVID, he went over to you know Adelaide and tried to pitch with them, you know, when we weren't able to pitch, and um, and then uh, Elliot Johnston, um, he's been hurt, you know, the the pretty much the whole of the season. Uh, this year, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he got his, uh, got an inning in or not. But um, seeing him pitch in the in the base in the World Baseball Classic, um, and just uh, having high hopes for him. Um, and then um, uh, uh, I'm going crazy. The guy that was with the Braves, I think he he got released. Uh, oh well, I've lost his name. Uh, but uh, right-hander, um, and we're expecting uh, big things from him. Uh, Pinky, um, I think we've got he, – he might have to start the year on the DL. Um, I think he had uh, some wrist uh, troubles he's trying to get fixed. Um, but I think we're going to – you know, and there may be a couple of other ones that we add. Um, but we, you know, we feel like we're going to have a, a strong uh, um, help from our, our Kiwi players this year. And, and it's only going to continue to get better, you know, with guys that are finishing up college and all the things that, you know, have taken place there in New Zealand over to say the last 10 years, you know, the guys that are prepared. And um, now that we have it to Atara, you know, they have something to come back to in the winter and be able to play in front of their home, home, home crowd. Uh, Ben Johnson. There he is. I trust. I knew you'd get it. I knew you'd get it. Ah, 
<laughs> as, as the head coach, Mitzi, where does the balance of responsibility sit with you as far as winning the league and nurturing and developing youth? Is that a difficult balancing act? Yeah, I mean, it is. You know, um, there's, uh, you know, people with a tuatara, uh, I mean, we spend a lot of money. I mean, uh, we'll probably lose money again this year, you know, but which we're, we're, we're okay with, you know, but um, our biggest thing is to, to continue to build um, baseball in New Zealand. And um, the more uh, Kiwis that we can have out there that's running around um, in front of home crowd people, in front of younger kids that see it and like, oh, well, he, you know, he was able to do this and go this route. Now we can do it. Um, but there is a development part of it also because, you know, um, we, yeah, we want to win every game we play. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we're going to try to put the best team out there that we can put out each and every night. Um, but still, on the other hand, you know, we're trying to – the organizations that send players with us, um, you know, they have an expectation that when they see their guys back in February when we're done – that they're better than they were when they got to us, you know, the first of November. So um, we we do it's a it's a balancing act, but in the end, um, yes, we we are there to win baseball games, and we would love nothing better than to bring that Claxton Shield across that ditch mm-hmm. and let it stay in New Zealand for at least a year. So um, that that is our ultimate goal. And then the things that come along with that, you know, with myself and my coaching staff, uh, everything that we do on a daily basis, I'm trying to uh, encourage, get these guys better and uh, hopefully win more games than than the other people. So that's that's what we want to try to do. What's the roster size, man? See, like the, these huge rosters in Major League Baseball. What, what's the? Is there a limitation? And uh, what's your premium size of squad for the Tuatara? Uh, twenty twenty two uh, each week. Um, we have to set a a twenty two man roster. Uh, depending on what we play, it has to be done like Tuesday at five o'clock or whatever it is. Um, and then we have. Um, kind of like a 30-man roster where we can put uh, guys up to 30 players on there. And so, you know, let's say uh, whoever, some of the Matthews gets hurt, well, we can go to our 30 and mm-hmm. we can pull one from that to add to it. Um, and it doesn't mean that can't change. We can take them off and put them on, you know, there that. But we can, we can basically secure 30 people um, that nobody else, you know, can have, mm-hmm. you know, so – um, and then each week we have 22, and um, we like to try to split it, you know, maybe go 11 and 11. Um, when we're home, we can go a little less pitching just because of the seven innings games. Um, but when we're over in Australia playing nine innings games each night, um, we would prefer to have, you know, that one extra arm and maybe uh, less position player. So, But when we're home, we can have one less arm and a couple of extra position players. So if we – need to pinch run, pinch hit. We can do a few more things um, with that, with the roster. Brilliant. Well, we're very much looking forward to the uh, Tuatara season getting underway and getting along and supporting them, particularly in the home matches. Uh, While we've got you there, Mincy, um, Major League Baseball, we've got a deciding game between uh, the New York Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians. It's gone win-loss, win-loss, and it's the big decider. Yankees at home, does it swing it in their favour? Um, I mean, you you would think so, but I tell you what, what what Cleveland's been able to do, um, they they're the youngest team in the major leagues this year, Cleveland, 
um, mm. without a doubt. And um, just what they've been able to do and not going to lie to you, like I, I kind of pull for the underdog, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, I mean, you look at the, I mean, San Diego, they've beat a 100-win team and they beat a 111-win team, you know, to get to where they're at. Um, you know, the Braves, the Mets, uh, uh, the Dodgers, they're all gone and they all won over 100 games, you know. So um, seeing some new people in there, um, but I will say um, I hate it. But my buddy Dusty Baker, I'm pulling for him. I want him to get a World Series title before he gets out of the game. He's done so much for the game, and I'm I'm kind of halfway pulling for him because uh, that, that he was my manager in '95 when I was up with the Giants, and we've stayed friends uh, all these years. So um, I'm kind of uh, behind the scenes pulling for my buddy Dusty Baker. Perfect. Uh, Houston Astros will play the winner of uh, Yankees-Cleveland decider and the Phillies. You just touched on the Padres there uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. The thing I love about Major League Baseball, Mincy, is if there's a dynasty, it doesn't last long. You know, you might get a five or six-year dynasty and just pop up names. It wasn't so long ago the Padres were salad dwellers. Now they're in the National League Championship. Yeah, and they are, and then uh, without one of their best players too, Tatis is, you know, he's got banned or whatever for taking whatever he took for his ringworm or whatever he said he took. For, you know, but, um, but they got, um, you know, I mean, you look at what they've done. You know, you add him to the mix with Soto and uh, uh, third baseman. I mean, and and they got pitching. I mean, you know, and right now this time of the year. Um, whoever's got the pitching, they're 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 probably going to win out more than they don't. I can tell you that. And finally, Steve Mintz, before you go, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a business proposition side hustle for when you get to New Zealand. I know you love the I like New, it. I know I like you it. I like I know you like the New Zealand pies. So how about we bring out a Steve Mintz and cheese pie? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Flaky pastry or crumb? You know, as you know, soon as I get there, I'm going to get me a pie at the airport before I leave, probably. That's right. I know you will, Mitzi. <laughs> hey, it's great to know that you're coming back to New Zealand, guiding our youngsters and, and, and creating an amazing team culture between all of the nationalities we have. But they, ultimately, they all play for the one logo, the one badge, and that's the Auckland Tuatara. It's great to still have you part of it, Mincy. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to get there, man, and get started and and start talking to y'all in person. Yep, bang on. We'll get you in studio one day, mate. It'll be a good day. Absolutely, absolutely. Good on you, Mincy. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. There he is, Steve Mintz, head coach of the Auckland Tuatara, and... um, (laughs) I remembered his um, affection for the New Zealand pie uh, when I interviewed him. When he first arrived, actually, you could tell from his opening gap, he's just a tremendous bloke and he's just steeped in baseball history and he brings some coaches out with him as well. Um, Just a wonderful bloke and uh, loves the pies. And I think we talked, uh, Sammy and I, a while ago about, you know, Americans that don't know about savoury pies. It's all about sweet pies. And then Mincy was convinced to try a mince and cheese pie. And uh, he reckons he has one a day. Oh, yeah. that's Because there's a bakery not far from their training ground. Right. The, the, yeah, the, the Americans, when I used to tell them that like, meat and a pie just was completely mm. bizarre <laughs> to them. But it's almost like peanut butter and chocolate, you know what I mean? It's uh, They do some pretty weird stuff over there too. Mm. But once you have it, once they try it, they fall in love. Mm.
I'm just looking at a text message. Rachel from Suits or Rachel from Friends? Crushes in different areas of my life staff. I won't read your name in case your wife's listening, James. Oh, did I say that? Um, yeah, we've had a few text votes for Rachel from Friends, I can tell you. People don't want to ring up and say it. They don't want to uh, ring up and say it. Um, but there we go. And someone said the Padres also have a link to New Zealand with Don Trickett. Absolutely right. Former Black Sox player and double world champion winning coach and high performance manager with the rugby union. And he's part of the Padres back room. Uh, and they headhunted him for that job. Maybe we can try and track down John, Don Tricker before they play their championship series. Let's let's do that. I'm pretty sure that's going to come from Linda. Um, good text message. Anyway, news, sport and weather is imminent. In fact, it's now. It's a little local band called Messiah, M-A-S-A-Y-A, uh, recorded in a garage, but gosh, New Zealand's got some talented musicians. That's just such a good vibe. Good vibe. It's just your old Holden beach towels in the back. Tune. Absolute tune. I had got on my script here, we've got Brendan Popperwell, but he's away today, so we haven't got Brendan Popperwell. Um... Don Tricker would happily talk to you guys. He's really big on promoting the game in New Zealand. Any Kiwi over there, he will take you around the Padres facilities. It's amazing. Goose, you maybe want to go to San Diego. I would love a look around the facility. He's a good man too. Um, Sammy Hewitt thinks he's got his number in America. Maybe, maybe. So Linda, I think that's you. Um, just send me through his number as you do on Messenger and uh, we'll try and get onto him, eh? That's a good, that's a good thing. And someone saying we'd get it off Brutus. We probably would get it off Brutus too. We're going to get um, Brutus's Mark Sorensen, of course, the uh, softball uh, world championships, I think about five weeks away. So we'll be getting Mark Sorensen on before too long as well, probably a couple of times before the world champs. Uh, Dino sent through a text when we played Jimmy Nail saying, How many men out there can relate to this tune? Uh, everyone knows, everyone that knows me. Gets why I love it. Uh, made my day. Uh, John Cleese. I actually met John Cleese, the guy, in a life in London at the London Clinic Hospital. I was maintenance carpenter. Best job ever. Staff average went through the roof. <laughs> John Cleese. Fantastic. He was wonderful. Was he the guy? Yeah, he was the guy that came over and he did a performance and he did one in Palmerston North and he absolutely reamed it out publicly in the paper, I think when he left and he, I think he was the guy that did it to Invercargill as well reamed it out as like the two most boring cities he'd ever performed in was it John Cleese? Pretty sure it was John Cleese or the um, again I've got the face in my head uh, Billy Connolly, was it him? 
I think John Cleese was Palmerston North. Maybe Betty Colony was the Invercargill one. You guys will remember. Text us in. Um, we can still take some votes. We're closing in on our top 32 greatest TV characters. Not the actor's name, the character's name of all time. Got some strong, uh, some strong text contenders uh, that didn't get a phone call, but... Um, and I've double-checked it's not the same number texting every time, and it's not. Tommy Shelby, Peaky Blinders, uh, the number of text votes around that one, and I've never, I've watched about 20 minutes of Peaky Blinders and quit it, which is controversial in itself. Um, it just wasn't me. I, I get people love it, and that's cool. And uh, quite a few for Cheers cast members. 20 minutes, though. You only gave it 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, you can't give a show 20 minutes. See, I gave Osark three seasons <laughs> before I was like, yeah, this isn't really for me. Breaking Bad, I stopped at season five, which was the last season. Yeah, but that's giving it a decent run. That's yeah. all right. But that's what I mean. Like you sort of have to to to, to get into the characters and learn who that and and the complexity of the story. You know, uh, actually Ozark. My original viewing of Ozark, I lasted one and a half episodes and I quit it. Mm. And that was when it first came out. People were frothing it, and I and I just watched it and then uh, and then the second season came out and people were just saying, "Oh, it's even better. You have to watch." So I went back. And watched one and grinded my way through. I grinded it, yeah. Uh, but I love season two. Yeah, I, I have a bit of a theory that the first episode of any TV show just isn't that good. I've never watched one and I've gone, I've got to keep watching this. You often just watch it and go, okay, yeah. And then you sort of start getting into it, episode three and four. It's okay. And then the end of the season one, you get left with a cliffhanger. I've got to watch season two. Mm. And then season two is always, in my mind, one of the, season two and three are like the best seasons. Mm. Like Dexter. I love Dexter. And How many seasons are that? Eight. Oh dear, that's and I'd that's watched a commitment. I'd watched in New Zealand three and then when on one of my Thailand holidays I bought four, five, six and seven on D V D. Um That's where you buy them. That's where you buy them. They're like fifty <laughs> cents a, fifty cents a series. And then I came home and I watched five four, five, six and then season seven was wrongly labelled. It was actually six or it was contaminated or something like that. And then I watched seven because it came out in New Zealand. And then not long ago, season eight came out on some channel. So I series linked it on my Skybox and I got to it about two months ago. Brilliant. Never would have guessed the ending. Would well, never have guessed the ending. Hard for shows to wrap up, isn't it? Like they never, very rarely do they get it right. A lot of people are very unhappy with how shows end. Yeah, because they have to end sometime. Well, the thing was, season one through seven was similar because mm. there was a theme, there was yep. a certain character or a certain influence that maintained the season. They introduced the next season, and as you said, in the last episode of season one, then you go into season two, and then someone finds out a bit, and you go, oh, well, how's that relationship going to go? But season eight was very different. What about Line of Duty? No one's mentioned Line of Duty. Oh, I and, love uh, that show. Ted Hastings, <laughs> catching bent coppers. Oh, yes. That was a bit of an Irish accent. Is he Scottish in that? Ted Hastings or Steve Arnott? Yeah. But I like Ted. I like Hastings. I can never remember the character. I like the woman in Line of Duty. The the one that Steve Arnott's partner, yes. Kate Fleming. Yeah, I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, she is great. And it's a great show. Mm. Oh, that's a great show. Um, but no, I did. and then um, Lindsay Denton. She was like the, oh, she she was one of those characters, staff that made you just really dislike her. <laughs> I love Rory's texts. Uh, Roy's texted and said he's he's making a series on how to fly a plane. We're currently filming the pilot. <laughs> Roy sent a couple of crackers in yesterday that I think you need to go back and oh, look up. I will. Because here's the thing. 
I've found a little thing on here. I can click Rory, and then I can click History. Um, good to see. Oh, that's not that's not Rory as we know it. Oh, I've clicked the wrong person. So can I? Yes, I can click Rory and get the messages he sent in yesterday, but it's just not working for me. God, God, God. Here they are. Here they are. <laughs> I watched the documentary on how ships are put together. It was riveting. <laughs> uh, the Samoan Rugby League team. Did, did that loss just appear out of nowhere? Not bad. Not bad. What if the camel breaks down? It will need a camel toe. <laughs> Uh, as a lumberjack, oh yeah, I'm I'm back up to speed with uh, Rory's one-liners. I do enjoy them. Um, Staffy, I'm with Sam. You got to give Peaky Blinders another go. Am I going to buckle to this? I About was horses, the, mate. You love horses. I was the same as you. I watched for 20 minutes and then meh, no good. And then I watched the first couple episode episodes. Then it really kicks off, and I watched all the series in about two weeks. Have another crack, Brendan. Paramount fence. I love Paramount fence. If you need a fence, Paramount fencing. All right. Season, season four, by the way, of Peaky Binders is just amazing. One of the best in TV. See, and I've never watched Game of Thrones either. Yeah, but see, I I don't mind that. I I'm a, I've watched Game of Thrones. I'm a big fan. I'm not one of those people that goes like, "Oh, hell, have you not watched? You should watch it." Like, I get that. That's not for everyone. Like that sort of fantasy that type genre. Thing. Yeah. It is amazing. Like you know, if you if you even remotely. Um, can put put up with that. It, it is just a phenomenally sort of paced and thought out TV series. But I'm not going to crucify it for not watching it. You know, right? My take home piece of paper's now got Peaky Blinders on it. I've got uh, two more episodes to go of Creating Anna. I think it's called Creating Anna. Creating Inventing Anna. Anna. Inventing Anna. I've got two more to go. I'll give Peaky Blinders another go after. Yeah, give it a good watch after Inventing Anna, which I highly recommend. How, how much is a good go though? I just want to clarify how. How many series are there? There's only uh, there's six seasons, but the, the, but here's the good news: six episodes a season. So you're saying the second one's amazing? Ah, uh, the the fourth season's really oh, really good. Jeepers, jeepers. Yeah, no, but don't, but the, but the, you'll get the idea. The first and second, you'll get the idea. Well, uh, Brendan of Paramount Fencing for all your fencing needs. Um, he has said he was the same as me. He watched for twenty, then left it, and then he watched the first couple of episodes. I'll commit to the first four episodes. Okay, I'll take that. Is that enough? Well, I'm interested to see where you land after four. Okay. Yeah. So I reckon I'll have, by the end of this week, end of the weekend, I might have two or three done. Just quickly. um, Actually, I'm going to commit to the first four episodes by next Monday. Love it. What was it about that first 20 minutes, just quickly, that you turned you off just so I can make sure you're not going to experience that for four episodes? Oh, see, I'm just, as soon as I start watching something and it's a period type thing, like olden days one, I just, like, it's raw, I... I unfairly judge it because I oh, look at you and you horse and cut and funny hats and weird shoes and suspenders and yeah, that's that. concerning. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> it's like a, you're not going to recover from that over that four episodes. Change. I know that doesn't change, but I'm going to I'm going to do my very best because Ozark proved to me that it can be done. It can be done. We're going to take a break. I think it's time to for Sam to create a little bit of um, I was going to say sanity, but he finds what's making news quite insane. Sam next. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? 
What is making news around the world? Craig's uh, sent a repost in for um, Rory, mm. which you'll get a reading. Is it inappropriate? Yep. It's appropriate, I think. Yeah, some of the half of the stuff Craig texts and we can't read out, unfortunately, Craig. <laughs> we do enjoy it. Um, what is making news around the world? Now, you would have used at some point in your life, staff and everyone out there listening, uh, incognito mode on your Google. Whether that's on your smart device or your computer, you would have just opened up the old incognito tab, maybe looking at something you shouldn't look at. What's uh, incognito mode? This is a revelation to staff. What, what, what you don't you know incognito mode. Incognito. Yeah, incognito like mode. hidden. Yeah, if you go into the top three dots of your thing or if you open up a new tab, you can actually go open incognito tab. And now everyone was under the illusion that when you went incognito, your history and everything, nothing got tracked. So your history didn't get tracked, what you searched up didn't get tracked, no one could find out what you had looked up and where you had gone. Okay. You can imagine why some people use this particular yes, function. Yes, I can now, um, yes. However, Google at the moment is going through a class action lawsuit um, because emails were unearthed um, in in the lawsuit between Google and the, and the California court um, on behalf of millions of incognito users. Um they could be on the hook for billions of dollars in damages because supposedly incognito is not what you think it is, people. Um, more than 40% of people who use it think that it prevents websites from estimating their location and their history. According to the study, that is not true. It records all of that information. So so you've been caught, Sam? Well, not me personally, okay. but uh, whoever is going to be caught or has been caught may uh, be able to throw their name in the hat with this case. But So basically, Google is in a lot of trouble for falsely advertising a service. Wow. But then again, did they ever... I don't know if they ever said that's what it did. That's just sort of what people think it that's does. It. Is that? Am I? Is this the dark web? No, 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 no. no, no. That's completely different. Oh, okay. No. All right. No, incognito mode, I can't remember why... It doesn't leave... It's supposed to not leave that you've been there. Yeah. So here's a good example, right? A, a very tame example. Say you wanted to look up lamps but you didn't want to be bombarded with ads about lamps. And every time you go to, into Google and gotcha. type in L, a lamp comes up, right? So people will go incognito, search up lamps, and then Don't exit get and let it with be. Facebook ads Correct. and Instagram Well, ads. at least that's what they thought. Right. But clearly that's not the case. And apparently Google employees used to joke about the fact that, pe- that they were spinning people this yarn, and that's what's got the court really fired up and supposedly why it's elevated. Does to- it work on your phone as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to show you in the break? Yeah, I do. And then I'm going <laughs> to search something incognito, and then I'll go to Facebook and Instagram and see if I get ads for it. Okay. Fair call. Cool. Let's, let's give that a go. Um, now, you know that my eyes are very... Um, yeah, and I used to wear contact lenses. I, I hardly wear them anymore, only to play sport. Well, this this sort of thing is right out of my nightmares because a uh, eye doctor, optometrist, you might call them, has revealed that she removed twenty three sets of contact lenses from a patient's eye because the patient had supposedly forgotten to take them out for twenty three days. And just keep putting new ones in and forgetting to take them out, which if you wear contact lenses, that's hard to do. You can leave them in overnight accidentally, but to keep putting new ones on, um, so you can imagine, without going into too much detail, mm. that the, the state of the lenses as they were removed from the eye, um, very, very hard and, uh, and yucky, gunky. Um, she said, in nearly 20 years of practice, I've never seen anything like it. Um, although the patient's doing well now with some eye drops, the eyes are recovering. 23 days in a row. 
She just kept putting them contacts on, just layer after layer. That's yeah. not the way you do it. It's, uh, she must not have been able to see very well, too, because... Or really well. True. <laughs> Extra magnification. Yeah, maybe she had, like, supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, Neil deGrasse Tyson um, has taken to social media to break Top Gun fans... Hearts. Um. Have you seen the latest Top Gun? I'm assuming this is from the latest one because I can't remember it in the original. It's titled Map Talk, as it, or, or Mark, sorry, Mark Talk, yeah. like Markwa. Late to the party here, but in this year, there you go, this year's Top Gun Maverick ejects from a hypersonic plane at Mark 10.5 before he crashes. He survives with no injuries. At that airspeed, his body would splatter like a chainmail glove swatting a worm. Just saying. <laughs> When Maverick ejected, he was going 7,000 miles per hour, giving him 4 million joules of kinetic energy, the explosive power of 100 kgs of TNT, a situation that human physiology is not designed to survive. So, no, Maverick does not walk away from this. He be dead. He be very dead. So, sorry to break all your hearts, um, Top Gun fans. I know how much you love it. Um, Fact of the day? After the break. Sure. Lee Piper. If Denny Crane doesn't win the best character, Denny Crane. What from? Fra- is it Frasier? Yeah, yeah. Frasier's a great show. It's a fantastic show. You've Got saved fact. your fact. Yeah, I have. Now, did you know? Probably not. The word race car. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a. That's just an easy one to go to. No. Now we were speaking about the internet. We we're speaking about Uncle Google and incognito mode. Yeah. <clears throat> what if I told you, Steph? That humans only make up 38.5% of all internet traffic. The other 61.5% is non-human, i.e. bots, hacking tools, phishing, etc. Scammy stuff and and spammy stuff. Yep. 61.5% of internet traffic comes from the AI, from the bots, from Elon Musk. Have I told you about the guy that invented spam email? Yeah, and now he's invented a tool to... No. Something else he's doing now. I'll tell you after the news, shall I? Sounds very juicy. Um, His name is the big... Can't remember. I'll think about it. Back after the news. Some say my eye jokes are getting cornier and cornier. <laughs> Did you read the one from Craig? Uh, I haven't actually, no. It's the second one down on the dragged over text that starts um, Kilda Champions. <laughs> so you have a quick read of that and I'll read some others. Um, Sam, I have a fact of the day for you. Ants sleep 250 times a day. There you go, little ant nap. I don't really get Craig's one. That I don't know the terminology of... Yeah, I don't know the second to last word. Yeah, neither do I. Someone might. Uh, yesterday I was watching from my kitchen some lambs racing each other and prancing around the paddocks, as they do when they are feeling frisky. Worried that they may injure themselves by crashing into a fence, I leaned out the window and yelled, please gamble responsibly. Now, G-A-M-B-O-L, that must be a lamb turn. Must be a lamb turn, Craig. You're talking to a 
couple of city slickers here. <laughs> hey, what about you can't leave people hanging? What about um, your uh, ad guy, your scam, your spam? Oh, your yes. spam artist. So the spam guy, um, I looked him up. He's called the Big Jackpot in his new life, but mm. um, his, his real name's Scott Richter. The Big Jack something else in his previous life. Scott Richter. Um, he was C- CEO of a company called Media Breakaway. And he had other names like Dynamic Dolphin, but he was known as the Spam King. Um, he's been sued a number of times, but in his prime, he was sending out 100 million email spams a day. Wow. A day. Was he sending them on behalf of people? Yeah, so he'd go to a company and they'd just say, he had the big database, the biggest database of email addresses in the world. And so he'd go along to um, XYZ Shoe Company and say, mm. I'll send out, um, I've got a million email addresses and he'd just get 100 companies and he'd send them every day. And I'll just charge you so much per person that clicks on it. And he just made an absolute fortune. He also bought out, which I didn't know, which I've just found out, he bought out a deck of cards Okay. with um, Iraq's most wanted on each of the cards. And he sold 42,000 decks before they even went to print. This guy sounds like Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, he's a guest writer for entrepreneur.com and he also published an article entitled Tips to Make Money on YouTube. And that's what he does now. He has a YouTube channel called The Big Jackpot and he live streams playing poker machines and all of the casinos in Las Vegas and on the cruise ships invite him. I was going to say, because don't they, don't they not let people film? Not allowed to film in casinos, but he can, and he's got tripods and he's got various cameras and he has an entourage. So if he has a big win, whoever's watching that, he'll take them to the next casino with him. Uh, invariably, they are good-looking of the female variety and he takes them with him. But... I watched him a couple of times, and I just couldn't believe it. Like, mm. he'll just say um, $1,000 pulls. So that means every time he hits the button, it's $1,000. And he put 100000 in. And and he can go through $100,000 in 20 minutes. He's, oh, well, join us tomorrow. We'll be at, the, we'll be at the, the big Buffalo Casino and Resort tomorrow. And then you go on on tomorrow, and he's got another 100000 in there. Well, Kez has just typed them in. He's doing one right now. Is he really? <laughs> he's, he's on the he's on the slots as we speak. Live. Um, spam pays, man. Spam pays. Uh, well, the real question is, how often, slash if ever, do you ever open those emails? Like, do you ever open emails that aren't directly, like, addressed to you? And Look, I'd say never, but that would be a lie. I'd say maybe one in... 200. I get so many though, like yeah. so many. Oh, yeah, you get 100. And, and now Google, I don't know if you've got Gmail, but what they do is they filter it social promotions and then your main inbox. And so yeah. you hardly actually see the other ones. But I got a really nasty one where I'd purchased something off a website and then the same day I got an email. Um, and it was and it was along the lines of it, it made me click on it because it said something, you know, like concerning, um, oh, requires immediate attention. And this was from the place I just bought it. Yeah. And so I clicked on it and it was just like, we've got sales coming up this week. And it's just all the sale stuff. And that was, I thought that was cheeky as. Very cheeky. So, yeah. There's a I'm, very common one doing them around. And I'm pleased I was at my sister's in the weekend for the um, netball. 
and she got a text and it was from New Zealand Post saying, we've got your parcel, it needs to be released, log in here, make sure we've got the address and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they asked for like a dollar forty nine for clearance of customs, unpaid customs. And I've had it in a few of my friends have had it as well and all they're doing is getting your credit card number because you say, oh, it's forty nine to release it. I wonder what it is. Yeah. But I know, I knew I hadn't paid for anything from was overseas. It, I think it was Louis who got scammed before Christmas last year, didn't he, Kez? Could you tell us the story because you were working with him at the time. Yeah, so, oh, Louis, I'm sorry, mate, because I, I feel so horrible that this happened to him, but pretty much he got a <laughs> box of beers from Australia. Mm-hmm. So there was this really underground sort of beer company, I guess, that do really cool boxes and really cool bottles. So he ordered one of those and it hadn't come. And it was, uh, I think it was the 22nd of December. So he's getting quite antsy to get his box. And he gets a text along those line staff saying, hey, uh, the box is here. We just need you to clear it. And uh, yeah, it was, it turned out to be a scam. Did he lose a lot of money? I can't remember if he actually lost any money, but he realized that it was a scam pretty quick. uh, And Luckily, got in touch just before the show, actually, with with uh, whoever he was carrying his card with, and, and got it cancelled. But oh. they get yay! I, oh, I swear, you. I swear, I get one a week. Mm. You know what I'm thinking? Midday scamness. Midday. Scam. Well, you need to get back in touch with a, you know, get your scams back going again. Your, oh, I've got. Your text. I've always got one going. Yeah, the yep. Nigerian prince. Now, Coco at the moment, who lives um, lives near a golf course in the suburb right next to Bondi. Oh yeah, but but flying over to New Zealand next week. No, no, I I said look, I'm I'm coming over next weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, we can play golf. And yep, yep, no worries. And then I just say I've arrived in Sydney, and they go, oh, I've got COVID. I just string them along for months. It's yeah, great. It's, yeah, it's good fun. We sh- we could have a we could have a uh, scam segment um, when I get a new one on board that just you just play into their hands. That's so obvious, mm. so obvious. Couple of texts. Uh, Jeff the ref met Barney Miller, the American Cop Show ninety one on the number one tee at Queenstown Golf Club. I said, "G'day, Barney." <laughs> good stuff. Uh, the worst ever series ending, and we've had a few of these. Um, was Sopranos. That's one. Um, talking about series ending, Sopranos was controversial and brilliant. People are still upset about it to this day. Sopranos, controversial. Staffy, can I sneak in a shout-out to my nephew, Tyler Blackburn? You sure can. Tyler Blackburn is the co-captain of the Mid-Canterbury Hammers, and they're in tomorrow's Lahore Cup final. Tomorrow? Oh, and Joey and Friends had some of the best one-liners, Blackie. Yes, Blackie. Uh, Mid-Canterbury Hammers is tomorrow's. That's, that'll be the weekend, but um, big shout-out to him. And here's one that didn't get any votes, but it's not too late. Vivian from The Young Ones, played by Adrian Evanson, who now does a very placid British travel programme. Go figure. Graham from Wairarapa. The Young Ones was me and my mates back in the day in Palm. We, we used to go round to Bolt's Place on a Sunday and watch it. Rick... Um, Neil, Adrian, and Nick. Oh, Rick, Neil, Adrian, and the other one. Why can't I remember his name? Vivian. You've just written it, Vivian. Yeah, that was a fantastic show. I don't know if you've ever watched The Young Ones. No, Sam. no. Four, three, well, four flatmates. There was a hippie, a punk rocker, just an absolute loser, and a normal guy. And everyone said, oh, he's just so boring, the normal guy. But you needed him as a barometer for how crazy the other ones were. Neil with the hippie, hey guys. And um, uh, Vivian and uh, the, and Rick Mayle, played by Rick. Uh, Rick, played by Rick Mayle, um, had a massive inferiority complex. It was just one of the great shows, one of the absolute great shows. I need to bring something up with you. 
right. before we go to the break. John Cena. Yeah. Have you ever have a, had a look at his Instagram account? No. Just before you do. Um, his Instagram account is fi- – no, 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 before you do. Okay, before I do. His Instagram account is filled with just very bizarre photos. And I've been going through them being like, like, why is he posting? But then I read his actual description at the top and he says, welcome to my Instagram. These images will be posted without explanation for your interpretation. Enjoy. And it's just just a a professional wrestler guy. Yeah, he's got 18.1 million followers on Instagram. But here's the kicker. Now you can go and look at his Instagram. Go look at the first photo or the most recent photo that he's posted 10 hours ago. John Cena. Yep. Type it in. Oh. Slow. Here we go. And he's just a J O H N, isn't he? J O H N C E N A. C E N A. Search. People. John Cena. First photo. Oh. <laughs> that is. It's a photo of Glenn Phillips. Glenn Phillips. He's just gone and posted a photo of black cla- a black cap Glenn Phillips, like celebrating either a victory or a six or a hundred or something. Bizarre. Oh, that's. I mean, he's trolling because he's saying it's up to interpretation. But I want to know how on earth he's come across that photo and why he's posted it. Yeah, Robbie Coltrane's the third photo down. Yeah, so he's posted. Shaq. He's posted some, like, yeah, Robbie Coltrane, some, like, sort of newsworthy stuff, but there's some weird-ass stuff in there as well. But he's just <laughs> he's randomly, old lady he's randomly posted, posted a photo of Glenn Phillips. And Who? Glenn Phillips, you, you take that to your grave, man. John mm. Cena, with 18.1 million followers, has posted a photo of you. Does that mean he's third umpire? Can't see him? <laughs> Jeez, you've thrown a spanner in there. Um, hi, a chicken pie in Barbados costs $7.10. A steak and cheese in Jamaica costs six fifty. A bacon egg pie in Antigua costs eight dollars ten. Um, that's the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> pirates. Ah, oh, jeepers! Staff, did you ever watch Red Dwarf? Best show ever. Hologram called Rimmer. I never watched Red Dwarf. A little bit science fiction for me, and. Motorhead played on the young ones. Love that show. Uh, Ace of Spades. Was that? I still remember that. And last thing, very important about the young ones. Every single show, every single show, there was a a frame of something random that played during the show. So think about the old film, like actual celluloid film. And we all had to sit there. And you're watching the, the episode, but you knew at some stage in the show, there'd be a a, f- a flame and it would flash, but you had to be watching for it to to see it. And in the Ace of Spades by Motorhead series, the flash was of like an eagle or an albatross soaring in a canyon. And but we had to VHS it and try and hit the pause so we could find out what that frame was. Little sneaky thing about the young ones. Anyway, we'll have a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk NBA. Are we Sam? NBA, NBA, NBA. Uh, people are texting in saying that Glenn Phillips walked out to John Cena's theme song during the Tri-Series final. That's probably why he posted it. But how did John Cena find out? That's what I want to know. And someone else saying the same thing. That is the connection. And another one, when Phillips came out to bat for Pakistani, he had seen his entrance music. It's the context, but how did he find out? I just don't know. Um, Craig has said he stayed up all night playing poker with tarot cards. And he got a full house and four people died. <laughs> 
Danny Crane, of course, was from Boston Legal. Um, got that wrong. Staffy, any news on Sir Peter Leach finding those jerseys? No, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Um, Ken, we all hope they do return. Um, and terribly sad news if you follow our um, Pacing for Purpose and our charity bets for the Greyhounds we're raising money for Dave Latelli's BBM and he got ram raided on I think it was Sunday night and they took all of his frozen mints and frozen chicken and all the good stuff um, who steals from a charity provider it's just unbelievable poor old Dave so any money we can return for him um is going to help replenish the stocks. And the crazy thing is, if those people were that hungry, they could have gone to Dave Latelli and he would have given them the food anyway. I really feel for both the Mad, Mucha, uh, Mad Butcher and Dave Latelli. Uh, really do feel for them. Um, and they're telling me that Staffy, it was John Cleese who slagged Palmy and they named the dump after him. Uh, went to the hotel where Faulty Towers was filmed in Torquay uh, from Dave. And someone else said, yeah, John Cleese Palmy, and it was Mick Jagger that slagged Invercargill, Rolling Stones. Um, so now we're going to be talking some uh, NBA. We're going to, he's a very good NBA writer for The Athletic. His name's Alex Schiffer. Good to catch up with you again. Alex, welcome in. Thank you for having me. You know, I love talking to you guys. Well, we do, and we love getting your insights as well uh, because so much happens off the basketball court. It's all about to be parked, and we're going to go play. Um, I was trying to look at um, sort of the marquee switches from teams, signings, releases, but there is so many. Um, it's been a very active off-season, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you know, Deontay Murray going to Atlanta, uh, Malcolm Brogdon to Boston, Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. There's definitely a lot of trades this summer without question. Wanted to go through a few teams with you. Obviously, I can't get through them all, but Golden State Warriors, they've lost a couple of veterans in Peyton and Porter. They've had a punch-up between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Is, is team culture the first thing they have to fix? Uh, is that something that Steve Kerr got a big job ahead of him there? You know, it, it's been interesting. I mean, they've been pretty drama-free throughout Steve Kerr's time there. So I, I how quickly this blows over will be interesting just because they haven't really dealt with anything like this since the Draymond-Kevin Durant blow up in 2018. But that wasn't any physical altercation anyway. So I uh, I, I think they, they have a bit more of a tougher Western Conference and they're a year older. I think those mm. are their bigger problems. I think they're pretty good given their continuity when it comes to sifting through drama, all things considered. All right, the Bucks is another one I wanted to mention because um, while some teams have had lots of comings and goings, a pretty settled roster, I think 16 of the 20 from last season are back and they've added a 35-year-old veteran and um, Joe Ingles. Um Giannis, obviously, best player in the league. Is the settled roster a good thing for the Bucks? Yeah, I think they have a lot of continuity. I think they have they know who they are, and you know, as you said, they have a lot of depth. And you know, Chris Middleton is going to be out the first few weeks of the season, coming back from that wrist injury that cost them in the playoffs. So they're going to need other guys to step up. But I, I think you can make a case for the title favorite. Yeah, and what about the Clippers? Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, obviously, their lead players there. And uh, John Wall from the Rockets, um, he's going to contribute points. He's, he's a bit of an assist wizard. How does he fit into the makeup when you've got two strong players like Leonard and George? Yeah, they're, the Clippers are a really fascinating team to me. I think they're the deepest team in the league. I would say their top 12 players can go against anybody's, if not separate themselves. 
you know, it looks like John Wall is going to come off the bench, and obviously he hasn't played in a year. So what he looks like, you know, the first few months of the season doesn't really matter as much to me as how he looks come, you know, January, February, March. So I, I think the Clippers could win the whole thing if they stay healthy. And, um, you know, they, they're they not, you know, I, I said Milwaukee's my title favorite, but I think they're a very good threat to make the NBA Finals. Well, one of the I'm going to finish with the Bo- with Boston and the Lakers, but Boston. I mean, the biggest news is their coach has been sus- uh, suspended for the entire season, which is quite an unbelievable sentence. But um, how will that affect the team? Is he still on the books, and will he return after a year? What's his status? Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. You know, um, my understanding is he's still on the books, but at a significantly reduced salary. And it's crazy, you know, you don't really see a one-year suspension for for a coach that doesn't just end up getting fired. So if the replacement coach, um, you know, does a good enough job, maybe they let him go. You know, he Ime Udoka is a very good coach, even though he's only coached one year as a head coach. And I think there'd be a very popular market for him, depending upon if anything else comes out about his suspension. Um, so how the Celtics handle that's going to be very interesting. And, and I think it starts with the season they have first. And, you know, if they win the whole thing or go deep without him, maybe it's addition by subtraction. Mm. Just for those that don't know, the, the coach's indiscretion, I guess you could say he got into foul trouble off the court with one of the female staff members. Um, a 12-month suspension seems quite hefty. What's the feedback on, on what he's copped? Yeah, you know, um, as you said, it, we don't know, uh, you know, it was a relationship with a female staffer. We don't know a lot beyond that. And that's kind of made it tough to evaluate here in the States just what what to make of the whole thing. You know, a lot of people say if he's been suspended for a whole year, why not just fire him? Others have talked about, you know, there, there's clearly something missing here that we a part of the story that we don't know about that, you know, probably would explain a lot of this. So it, it's been a very... Um, I think a lot of people have rushed to judgment on some on some of this. You know, while others, especially in the media, have said like, you know, let's take a minute and and discuss what we know and what we don't know. And I, I think what we don't know is, uh, you know, could answer a lot of those questions right now. Yeah, I guess maybe more will be leaked out. It, it seems to be inevitable these days that uh, the full story will eventually come out. I have to talk to you about the Lakers, one of the storied teams, a huge support base down here in New Zealand. And in recent times, they've been a shambles. Uh, they've got the best player of the modern era, no doubt, LeBron James. Russell Westbrook is in there as well. Anthony Davis has been injury riddled. But Russell Westbrook... He, he's too good to not be good. Is he sort of on a last chance? What do you expect from Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think that he is the, uh, what's the metaphor I'm looking for? I mean, he's kind of the, the monkey right now on their back or, or the weight on their shoulders that I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if, um, how do I put this? You know, as you said, they, they, he hurt his hamstring, but he's supposed to play tomorrow night. But at, at the same time, you know, he, he's a shell of his former self and he's got a $47.5 million contract this year. You know, um, you know, it's going to be tough to trade him. You know, they'd have to give up probably two first round picks to trade him, even though they gave up two first round picks to get him in the first place. And, you know, there's really not a lot of great options out there for them trade wise. And, you know, it's only one year he'd be a rental wherever he goes, but, 
You know, it's a lot to ask teams, especially in the luxury tax. You know, hypothetically, if the Nets took him, he'd be an additional $50 million, an additional $47 million contract because of the luxury tax. Jeez. So it's uh, it's a tough conundrum there because there really isn't a great plan for how to handle all that. And I think the best scenario is he plays and fits in at whatever they're trying to do. But many are skeptical that he's going to do that because it's not really his style. So, you know, um, right now he's kind of their cross to bear. And... There aren't really a lot of great options in terms of trading him or, or, or making it work. Yeah, because LeBron James, have we, like, fantastic player, but have we seen the best of him in the past? Can he can he just keep going? I mean, his scoring average this past year was about as good as the, um, you know, as good as the others in his career right up there. And he's, you know, obviously in his late 30s. So I, I think he's continued to prove that he can play at a high level. Um deep into his, as he's gotten older. So I, I think that LeBron has earned the benefit of the doubt. And um, and I'm looking at it right now, yeah, he averaged 30.3 points per game last year. That's higher than a lot of the years of his prime. So I, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt until father, he, you know, until he shows father times maybe caught up with him a step or two. Yeah, so we, we've heard your first couple of picks. Who, who's a smoky that, you know, that might be hovering around people's sort of sixth, seventh, eighth pick? Who could really um, either start slow and build their way and become a playoff contender? Or who, who's one that's not getting talked about in the NBA? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I'm very intrigued by uh, by Cleveland after trading for Donovan Mitchell. You know, um, they... Um, they have a lot, a young core all around age 25 or younger between Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, you know, they, I think they can make a lot of noise for a few years. I, I think they're a good dark horse in the East. And I also would, you know, Miami is always a team to, to keep an eye on. And, you know, Philadelphia got James Harden back. He's had a full off season. He said he feels good. They got PJ Tucker and Daniel house. So it wouldn't stun me if they can make a run of the conference finals. And then, you know, uh, in the West, New Orleans with Zion Williamson back, and they have C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. I think they're a, a impressive trio. And uh, you know, Memphis with John Morant is such a uh, is such a good team, and they won a lot without him last year. So I think they're really well bounced. And then Denver brings back uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic. I, if they're healthy, I think they could win the whole thing because they just have so much offensive firepower. So I'd say. Denver and and New Orleans are my sleepers in the West, and Cleveland, and uh, Cleveland and uh, Miami are my main in the East. What about a rookie? Who's a rookie? Who who's come out of the draft? Uh, there's probably not a Zion Armstrong out there, but who's a rookie that could make some headlines this year? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, obviously Paolo Banchero was the number one pick, but. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of Jabari Smith, who uh, who went to the Rockets. You know, they have a young core that I think could be like Cleveland in a few years. Um, I mean, the easy answer next year is obviously going to be Victor Wembanyama. I don't know how popular he is in New Zealand, but uh, the big French player, he uh, he looks like he's primed to make some noise. And then I'd also just say, um, I say Shaden Sharp, who's only 18 or 19 for Portland. He was a surprise pick to go that high. Um, I'm also curious to see what happens with uh, Australia's own Dyson Daniels from from your neck of the woods mm, mm. Uh, with the Pelicans. They they draft really really well as an organization. 
Brilliant, Alex. We've got to scoot away. Always appreciate your time and your insights. Thanks for chatting to New Zealand today. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Alex Schiffer, the Athletic NBA writer. Great chat, great chat. New sport and weather with Johnny Mack. I like how Mikey G's <coughs> he's texting saying the Rolling Stones reamed out in Vicargill back in the day. That's just like I like that phrase, reamed out. Yeah, it's interesting. So interesting I, I, I said a phrase to my sister in the weekend. I just said such and such tore them a new one. She goes, a new what? And I said, you know, tore them a new one. Never heard that saying. Well, I mean, that's we talked about sayings the other day. I mean, so, oh, you know, my one, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, <laughs> that other one that we watched that video on the other day was, um, what was it? Um, again, forever. Uh, oh, yes. Um, oh, every now and again. Like, oh, how often do you go down to that place? Oh, every now and again. Every now and again. Yeah. And this guy just pulls it apart and says, what do you mean when you say... Every so now, every now, so it's now, 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 and every now for eternity, and again, and again, and again, and again. That's yeah. often. Or and the other one that he talked about, which was great, was um, you can't have your cake and eat it. And his thing is like, who would want their cake and, and not, not eat it? And you get a cake to eat it, so I'm happy to eat it, mm. and uh, that's why I bought it. <laughs> Similar guy too, and we're repeating a conversation, but it was between you and me, so I'm sharing with the listeners. He's, a, he's an Aussie comedian, and he said, in Australia, mm. um, you, you ask someone a question, they answer the opposite. How are you doing? Not bad. How far is it to where you live? Not far. <laughs> yeah, but how far is it? It's not far. You yeah, know? We, do, we, do that. We, we do that as well, don't we? Mm. Kiwis do that as well. How are you doing? Not so bad. My um, Not bad for a Monday? My... <laughs> <laughs> That is me to a T. My my granny gets. Uh, we used to get annoyed when she'd offered me a drink, and I she'd say, "Oh, you know, you did you want a glass of water?" And I'd say, "No, I'm all right, thanks." She's like, "I didn't ask you how you were doing. I asked if you wanted a glass of water." Ah, just all these little things, isn't it? That you just I love you just, it. that just um, instinctively almost come out. But anyway, what you need to do is to curb your enthusiasm. Like Larry David. Larry David from Kirby Enthusiasm would have to be one of the funniest characters ever. If you have never seen the show, you're missing out. He is the mind behind Seinfeld, correct? I did enjoy Kirby Enthusiasm. Um, Dave said that it was Keith Richards. Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones that said Invercargill was the A whole of the universe, <laughs> is what he said. I'm going to give you a cricket update because where are we? The Plunkett Shield is up and running. Central Districts won the toss. I'm just going to refresh that page just in case I haven't got the latest. Right, Central Districts, Stags, they won the toss and they said we'll have a bat and it's working out for them. They are 123 for two. Um, do, we, do we go into detail? I think we go into detail. Yeah. Let's go into a little bit of detail. Uh, at the crease, Will Young on 52. 
Um, Cleaver has just joined him. Just joined him means we've just had a wicket. Uh, scorecard, I need... To, sorry, just, just learning the new website. It's a new format. New Zealand Cricket's very nice too, just quietly. Uh, so Will Young's not out. Smith out for 32. Uh, Shmulian, it's a heck of a name, caught by Von Verkom, uh, 24. So Cleaver and Young on 52. Wicket takers, Matt Henry has one for 27. Davy has one for 23. So that's uh, the CD scorecard. Otago Vaults are taking on the Auckland Aces. The Aces won the toss and said, ah, we'll have a bolt. We'll have a bolt. Um, Hamish Rutherford out for 28. Coming out for nine. Now, I think that's Craig Cummings' son. Uh, JM Cumming, I'm pretty sure. He got nine. Um, Phillips f- out for 45. Foxcroft out for eight. Parks out for 54. Rippon, Michael Rippon out for one. So they have capitulated a little bit. They are 155 for six. Chu not out one and just arriving at the crease joining him is Muller. So 155 for six. So winning the toss and bowling looked to be the right thing to do for the aces. And in the final one, and they've all, CD's had 40 overs. The Volts game's 48 overs and also 48 overs, ball for ball. Northern Districts against Wellington. Wellington Firebirds won the toss and elected to bowl. And so far, that scorecard reads uh, Jeet Ravel out for eight. Cooper out for 56. Popley is not out 59. And Carter is not out 12. Wicket takers there. Um, M. Sneddon. Don't think it'll be Martin. But he has got two for 22. Fantastic bowling figures from 14 overs, six maidens, two for 22. Fantastic. And he's the only wicket taker because there's just the two. So in summary, the three matches, Central Districts 123 for two, Otago Vaults 155 for six, and Northern Districts are 147 for two. That is your Plunkett Shield update. We will take a break. I'm getting excited, actually, because I think it's time. it is time for the vault. Sam, after the break, eh? The vault. The vault. Did you listen yesterday? <coughs> I did. Okay, so you're across Fact, it all. I think that contestant, with all due respect to the previous contestant, best set of questions asked. Yeah, and someone said um, surely the reward should be higher for the first few days where the where it's harder to get, oh, you know, so higher, which I sort of get, but at the same time we are limited by how we can give away. Yeah, we the only get fifty dollars so. a day. Yep. So uh, we got to, We can't shoot ourselves in the foot there. But yep. I take your point, and I think um, our caller yesterday did a fantastic. Was it Scott? I think did an amazing job. Really good. So oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You'll get five yes no questions today. You will have access to two of yesterday's if you so wish. But five yes no questions. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. A hundred dollar TA bonus bet up for grabs if you can unlock unlock what's in Sammy's vault. Ten questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Uh, of course, it's five questions today. It is five questions. Sammy, uh, I wasn't here yesterday. Talk us through what happened. Seven great questions from Scott. Actually, I've got um, them here. Yeah, you've got the questions there. So uh, Brenton, who I think is on the line now, uh, is going to get five. And he can. what's the rules about how many he can have from yesterday? He can have two. He can ask for quick questions, one through seven, any two numbers. I've got them here, and I'll read them and tell you what the answers were. Okay. Brenton, are you ready? 
All right. Now, now, do you want to ask for your questions now, or do you want to do it as you go? I'll do it now. I heard yesterday about go three and three and six. Three and six. Is it a national representative team? Yes. Four, five, six. Does it involve a New Zealand national team? Yes. The other two from yesterday, you yeah. did. Right. What are your yeah. five? Is it? Is um. Is it an All Blacks team in a World Cup event? Well, now hold on, because... That can be yes, no. Is it an All Blacks team at a World Cup event? No. There you go. At a World Cup? No. That's all right. That doesn't mean it's not an All Black team, and it doesn't mean it's not a World Cup. But it's not an All Black team at a World Cup. But that's your first question. Number two. Oh, that's thrown me a bit. Is it before 2010? Is it before 2010, Sam? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Honing in on the era, that's a good start. I'm going to find out if it's a rugby series. Uh, does it involve uh, New Zealand men's all blacks? Yes. Right. Men's all blacks. Yes. Mm. Two more. 2010. <laughs> mm. Staffy can't ask any, eh? You can use me for one if you oh, yeah. want. So, Chris. Yep, use me. All right, so it's means all blacks. Okay. Is the sporting moment... Oh. Uh, is it true? How do I ask? I know what I want the answer to be, but I'm just trying to trying to massage the, the word. Is it... Is it a moment in a game? Uh... Yes. It's a moment in a game of rugby by the All Blacks pre-210 after 2000. Wow. You get one more one more question and then you guess. Oh, I'm stumped. I'm like, there's so many heaps of moments in a game there, Steph. Yeah, well, see, I've got one in my head, but I don't... Uh, now you've said it's before 2010 it can't be that one um, I don't know how to help you I'm not allowed to help you because it's your own question oh actually I've just thought of one thought of another one <laughs> I don't even think and I'm going to be throwing you a massive clue here um, Brenton I don't even think staff have we established where this is no and we haven't no, no, that's what I'm trying to figure out wow uh is this we didn't even know if it's in the southern or northern hemisphere we don't um is this in the southern hemisphere yes it is right so that's your five all blacks team at the world cup no before 2010 yes it is the men's all blacks it is a moment in a game and it is in the southern hemisphere 
You can have a wild uh, stab. I'm thinking of the time where Jeff, George Gregan takes out Jeff Wilson, knocks the ball on in the tackle. Was that the in the was that a? I know that's too low, isn't it? That's four two thousand. I'm going to need a combination mm. from you, Brenton. Oh, I'm lost, man. Uh, it's in the center. Uh, nice. I'll just say All Blacks beat Australia in the 2003 Blues Lake Cup. All right. Let's punch, let's punch, punch that in. Access denied. Oh, uh, no, it's not correct. Not Steph, to be today, Brenton. It's not correct. But thanks for giving it a go. So oh, good. Good, mate. All good on you. Um, $150 tomorrow. That will be up for grabs in the vault. The TRB bonus bet. Uh, tune in uh, a little bit earlier tomorrow, but uh, we'll be back. Blackie has just sent me through a video on Twitter. Thanks, Blackie. Thanks, mate. I needed a little bit of Sweet Caroline in my life, said no one ever. Um, after the news, we're going to catch up with Vet McCausland Jury, uh, assistant coach of the Silver Ferns. I've just finished training, so she said she'll come on straight after the 3 o'clock news, which is absolutely brilliant. Looking forward to that. Hoping we get an NPC Masterclass winner as well. Awesome to catch up with Steve Mintz and Alex Schiffer in the first couple of hours. If you missed that, it will all be available on our podcast. Nipple after the news. Fashion and Fame by the Angels, one of the great concerts at the Albert Motor Lodge in Palmerston North a million years ago. Um, and from that region, we joined uh, Fielding Zone, but are currently in Australia, one of the coaching staff with the Silver Ferns are on a bit of a tear at the moment. Yvette McCausland, Jerry, my old, my old sparring partner down at the Pulse. Yvette, welcome into the show. Good to be here. Oh, Aussie, geez, it's a quick turnaround. Play Sunday, travel Monday, play Wednesday. Yeah, it is. I think it's quite nice, so just to, you know, kind of land and get going again. So we've just finished another training session and a gym session, and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I guess it, to work on. I guess it doesn't give Aussie long to regroup and try and focus on how to com- combat you guys. I mean, 2-0, back-to-back, I think it's the... Uh, it's either the first time ever or the first time in, in a long, long time we've beaten the Diamonds back-to-back. Uh, key performers for you in those first two or, or key things that allowed us to get 2-0 up? Yeah, I think definitely the preparation in terms of that ability to both mentally and physically 
be ready for the f- the physicality of the game. So I think we were up for that. Um, I think, uh, look, I think Grace Wicky has been incredible. Her ability to take all sorts of ball and, of course, that connection that she had with Lisa Peter was stunning and they've worked through that over, you know, the last couple of seasons. So I think that was good. But I actually think everybody really owned their own role um, at different times and, and I say different times because we weren't perfect and there's still little things to work on and we feel a bit like we're on repeat um, again at training today saying the same things but hopefully we can all you know, get that right in the next one. You just mentioned two words I wanted to bring up in the same sentence. That was grace and physicality. I noticed she's developed a bit more of a physical presence and I think there was a there was a, a move by Courtney Bruce just to try and intimidate Grace a little bit physically, but Grace is now taking ownership of that shooting circle. I saw I've seen a good maturity in Grace this series. Yeah, I agree and I remember seeing her in her debut against England and um, up against Jeeva Mentor and she really was, you know, at that point overwhelmed. Um, mm. But she's come such a long way in such a short time and I think physically she's got real presence. You can see even just the work that she's put in over the last few months and um, so physically she's got to change but mentally she's got that ability to know that in her mind she's, she can beat anybody and I think we've seen that. It's just been, she's taking every kind of ball. They're not always perfect but she's making them look like they are meant for her and, and rebounding really well, shooting extremely well and she gets has always but continues to get in a really good shooting position. So I think she's been impressive. I do too. And just while we're looking at that shooting circle, I noticed um, <clears throat> Amelia-Ann Ekanasio is coming out very high and trying to suck, mm-hmm. clearly to suck defenders out, but her, her mobility and her speed and agility is just wonderful. Was that an intentional thing against the Australians to try and disrupt their defensive movement in, the, in our attacking circle? Well, our biggest one was making sure that we were always in front of them. So for Amelia Ranch, her work rate was huge in that last test, both in the sent pass piece, but also on that through court attack. And she's got a real good ability to accelerate and come forward. And the work that she's done to get herself in this position is, is also significant. But um, she can play at Super League. She can look in if they put two defence back on. Grace, she's able to take um, you know that shot from, from range. So... Yeah, she's really, I think she's been working incredibly hard and um, that link eh, is, is quite new. Those two haven't played a lot together, Wiki and um, Amelia-Ann, but it doesn't look like it. it. looks like they've had plenty of time. So, yeah, long mate last. Keep going. Yeah, one one of the things I was really looking forward to is, is the clash of styles, uh, defensive styles. Australia well known for man-to-man defence. Mm-hmm. We're more of a zone defence. But it looked like you'd been working a lot on the box defence. And I'm very proud that um, Michaela Sokolich-Beetson managed to explain to me the box defence. And now I can see <laughs> it. It's been really effective and, and I enjoy its beauty. Yeah, and it is. It's a combination of space and man, so that ability to meet a player entering and mm. send them elsewhere, but at the same time make it look open enough. I think we're not quite there yet. Um, the Australians have got, you see in their shooting circle, what we call like the egg beater movement. So oh. one goes away and one comes to you and we're getting a little bit caught. So there's a little bit of work still to do um, just to shut that off. But certainly that concept of trying to keep them apart and keep them wide and fill that middle space is... Um, yeah, still a work in progress, but it's something they're not used to.
Mm. The other thing I noticed too is in years gone by, uh, speed of ball through court, speed of player, um, Australia mm. were always a little, about 5% better than us or a little bit mm. more rapid and that, that classic line of let the ball go, that was Australia personified. We've stymied that but we've given it back to them. We've got absolute rapid mid-quarters and Peter Toyava probably the best advertisement but Whitney Soonis, um, Mila, Maddie Gordon, Gina when she comes back, uh, I almost think we've gone ahead of them as, uh, with speed in the mid-court. Yeah, I think we've got the... We've got a, a change of tempo. I think we've got players who are quick, but it's also thinking about how quick you move the ball and then whether you want to move it that quick or you want to fake, you know, and have them move and then play down another side. So I think what we're doing a lot better is running um, different angles of lines and so it's much harder to mark when you've got people going in different directions and changing directions. I think that's a strength of all of those players that you've spoken about that have got an ability to go one way and turn and go the other. Mm. Um, Australia tend to have long leads and, and they go in one line really quick and then the next one's coming on another line. So, you know, I think as a group of players, we've got some really good skill set, some variation, and of course, in this part of the the Constellation Cup, um, three players have moved on and three new ones have come in. So Ali Temu has a, a come into camp with us and, and Auckland, uh, along with Maddie and Kimmy, um, Kimmy Yordapoi. So that in itself brings some, you know, new things to work on and connections to make. But it's um, a speedy, another speedy group in the midcourt. A lot of pressure on them, having watched those first two tests, and you know the the ones who've who have stayed back in New Zealand uh, performed very well. So you know, mm-hmm. Kimmy and Maddie especially would have watched Peter Toyava's coming of age test matches. Really, um, be interesting mm. to see how they respond to that pressure. Yeah, absolutely, and I think like all of them, they're really aware that this is part of a bigger picture of taking their opportunities to be considered for that World Cup selection down the track. So everybody's uh, working really hard. All the players um, involved in the series were in preparation camps in Auckland. So they've all had that time together leading in and the game plan hasn't changed. It's just getting those connections again. So I agree, everyone's under pressure. We're under pressure to make sure that we can keep winning. We need one more to secure the series. Really happy, and I'm sure you are, with uh, Kelly Jury, Phoenix Karaka's combination at the defensive end. And that's such a communication duo, uh, the defensive end. Don't care what team it is. And they haven't played a mm. lot of minutes together. Um, Phoenix is just wise head. It's almost like when players take time away, their, their head becomes wiser, even though they're not playing. And Kelly's feeding off that, and she's feeding off Kelly. And the trust seems to really develop between those two defensively well you're right like defensively you've got to have that link and interestingly enough Kelly's a really quiet person and so her comms aren't necessarily verbal but a lot Mm. of it's just around them both understanding their movement reading each other reading the body angles knowing what each each one is doing at different times and essentially um, equal to that is the two on the outside making sure that as a pack they're working you know inside and outside and really putting pressure on the angles and um, certainly one of the you know the strengths of Phoenix is she plays that type of style all season and, and Kelly again her lean seems to still be something that the Australians aren't overly comfortable with so um, no they're building and Ellie will come in and add a little bit more as well so um, I'm really looking forward to these next two I think it's a challenge for us you're right it's the first time New Zealand's gone to back to back at any stage against Australia and um, the pressure's now to push that out even further 
You're creating a, a heck of a problem, and it's a good problem to have the depth in New Zealand netball. Uh, Dame Nolene's cast the net far and wide, and um, we've got such good coaches uh, around the premiership and also in the New Zealand setup that, um, for whatever reason, we seem to get the best out of these netball. Selection for the World Cup squad is getting more and more difficult, and I say it's a good thing because whoever goes is going to be unreal. Um, we're in a pretty healthy spot at the moment, netball would you say? Yeah, I think so. I think there's enough. Um, what's good about it is there's lots of players with points of difference, and I think that's the really healthy thing in netball in New Zealand. There's not a group that are all the same. They all bring something different, and depending on what's required for different tasks, and that's, you know, different opposition, etc. there's an opportunity there. So I think what's been um, great, you know, not only for the players, they've been given lots of opportunities through this Constellation Cup, and and equally for us as coaches and franchises over the past you know, few seasons, we've all been given opportunity to just get that exposure about saying what does it take to make sure that our players are ready internationally and what do we need to do in our own environments to ensure that we've got both the intensity in the sessions um, but also an S&C preparation and then alongside that understanding different game plan context and having people ready to, to move wherever they move to, they've got that ability to adapt and adjust Talking to Yvette McCourse and Jury, part of the coaching setup with the Silver Ferns. The uh, third game is in the Constellation Cup. Something else I wanted to ask you about was the, the the recipe for success in the first two matches. Brilliant, but you know uh, the Diamonds will go away and look at that. So, how much do you keep playing the same, but or how much do you have to change because you know they'll prepare to try and counter what they've seen? Yeah, I think there's been a real shift for us in mindset around. Um, we could say, oh, look, they'll come back. They always do, and they, you know, have always proven that they've got more to give. And changing that mindset to say, well, actually, let's just keep pushing it out and see what they've got. So for us, it's staying on, um, continue to play to your strengths and know what you do really well, and continue to make sure that that gets better. And we know that there's more improvement we can make in, in all of those areas. Um, um, few little tweaks of understanding about what they might come with, given we've played you know, a similar style and therefore having a few bits of focus of how to get out of that situation. But again, continue to accentuate what we're good at, believe that we're good enough to go again and keep pushing the, you know, the pressure back on them. Mm. Um, so a bit of a shift in thinking, I guess, rather than standing back and saying, look, they're going to come at us, brace yourself, actually move forward and just keep pushing it at them. Last question comes from a listener that's texted in from Josh saying, could you please ask Yvette the return to play schedule for Gina Crampton, Karen Berger and Jane Watson? Yeah, look, um, I don't know the specific time frame for each of them, but for um, Gina, it's been really about her having some freshen up time. Mm -hmm. So it's not an injury or anything, but a chance for her, she's, been in a number of um, big campaigns along with her commitment at franchise level so for her it's more of a freshen up and the other two, um, Cardin was actually at the game in Tauranga and is making really good progress, the back running so it's just uh, you know, that time for them to come back by a franchise and prepare themselves because that's just around the corner, we started in November so <laughs> they're not far off re-entering their franchise environments and um, will build uh, and be you know, people in contention for that World Cup selection so World Cup is when because um, I think we spoke to Karen on the show last week and I think she was expecting return to play sort of December 
Um, Gina's not injured, so she'll be available. When's the World Champs, and would those three be ready, do you think? Yeah, the World Champs isn't until July. Oh, so, okay. um, again, a shortened, or well, not a shortened, but an early start with the ANZ Premiership, and yeah. that times in really well to then finish that and for that group to prepare for that the World um, Champs. So they're well and truly um, in line to be back ready for that. Oh, the competition. It whets the appetite, doesn't it? I bet the yeah. ANZ Premiership <laughs> next year is going to be off the hook. Off the hook. Mm. Competition. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Pressure, <laughs> stuff we love. Hey, Yvette, thanks for joining us um, from from Australia with us today. We'll be listening intently, watching intently, and wishing wishing you all the very best tomorrow and the fourth test as well. So thanks, thanks so much, Yvette. Nā mihi. Kia ora. Kia ora. Nā to Yvette McCausland Jury, a wonderful coach. Whoops, wonderful coach of the Pulse. And uh, now I'm, I'm stoked she's back in the fold with the Silver Ferns. And, um, yeah, third test tomorrow night. I think the fourth is on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So we do wish them all the very, very best. Um, we will take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go back about, what are we, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday. We'll go back five days and we'll revisit... Show me the money. How did we get on? Goal.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Show you the money. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Right, Me old. Uh, uh, memory sieve, sieve memory, whichever way around it goes. I can't even remember what I took. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay, because um, it's not pleasant viewing uh, this week. And, and now we've gone, um, some of the things we're actually playing. Now we're just revisiting. Um, we, we've decided to sort of go down the more conservative route, haven't we? Well, but, you have. Oh, you were pretty conservative. I'd say anything under two bucks is like relatively conservative. Oh, I'd say conservative is dollar fifty or under because if you get a dead oh, then I even, wasn't conservative. If you're getting a dead even match, it's one eighty seven each. So you can't say dollar eighty seven's conservative because it's fifty fifty. Okay. Yeah, fair. Fair then. Thanks, it's mate. Probably just because I'm used to swinging for the fences. <laughs> so You've uh, never swung for the fence. That's not true at all. I've done some big swings. Oh, you did that big one on November the eighth last year. I remember that. What was that one? It was like two eighty. You went crazy. That's, that's harsh. I've gone for some big ones. I've gone for some big ones. Um, Let's revisit last week's then. Sure. Okay. Uh, where do you want to start? Will you just oh, tell I me who you want to start I with? I can't remember. Start well, with me because okay, I can't we'll remember. Okay, we'll start with you. Um, I think you took the point start in the Canterbury. Oh, you said uh, Was it Hawks Bay? Who did they play? Bay of Plenty. Bay of Plenty, sorry. Canterbury, Bay of Plenty game. So you took the point start, which is what, at about nine and a half? It was nine and a half. Yes, $1.87-ish. Okay. Canterbury just too good. In the semi-final, final score, Canterbury 24, Bay of Plenty 10. So you there add you nine and a half to the Bay of Plenty score, it's 24, 19 and a half. I win. Yes, yeah, so, uh, sorry. Show me the money. Well done. Oh, we're off to a flyer. Job done. Okay, um, let's go to the listeners one next. Uh, and they, they took the Phoenix against the Central Coast Mariners. Um, Mariners. They, yeah, they went uh, any a double chance. So a draw or the Phoenix win. Corner delivered for Wellington. Too close to Bokovic, but it's gone in. Confusion at the front post. But... And a 
it will stay this way. The Wellington Phoenix, two. The Central Coast Mariners, two. Oh, still alive. Sure. Mm. Still Appa- alive. Apparently, John Wayne plays really well for the Phoenix. John Wayne? Mm. Who said that? Uh, Piney, on a tweet. Did he? Mm. Accidentally. Ben Wayne. Oh, Ben Wayne. Sorry, I thought you were taking the mickey there. <laughs> ben Wayne, yeah, the Wayne train. No, he does play very well. He's he's growing leaps and bounds. Um, so two for two. Yeah, let's go to... So that's me and the listener again. Yep. Robbie. Who, Robbie. You say again, but it was the listener who cost us last week, remember? We were three from four. <laughs> if we, hey, if you, want to take, if you want to keep the receipts, I'm happy to. Um, it was Robbie who went to football and went again against Kez's judgment, or better judgment, of uh, Liverpool v Man City. Because he said that both teams would score and that City would win the game. Ball for Salah, who's got the spin, and Salah has the run, and Mohamed Salah scores, doesn't into the back of the net for Liverpool. You just don't stop him when he's in that mood. City's unbeaten record ends, courtesy of Mo Salah. So two things had to happen, and neither did. Correct. It was a yeah, double yeah. loss from and that uh, was the, Robinho. It was only paying about two thirty or something as well. It wasn't in the you know it wasn't like a four or five dollar shot. And then finally, just finished with one that I'm not proud of, um, as people well know, listening in yesterday, and that was uh, Samoa to beat England game one of the Rugby League World Cup. And I think that that was actually you took the, Samoa head to head, did you? Yeah, I think that was actually the least. That was a dollar fifty-eight. I think that was the least odds, and that was the one that didn't come well, in. The thing is, like, you know, it was only nine converted tries away from coming in. Yeah, and a yellow card <laughs> to Anthony Milford. So I blame him. Is that our biggest miss ever? That'd have to be our biggest miss ever. What that one bet? That that single bet, your yeah. your one there would have to be the one that was missed by the most. Well, I just think in general that's. That is the biggest. That's probably not one of the worst I've ever done. Because I heard someone like there was nothing inside of me, and people were like a few people said to me like, "Oh, you know, don't un, don't write off England." There was almost nothing inside of me that thought England were going to win that game. Like, just everything pointed towards Samoa. Um, and we haven't talked to someone from I'm the still, CAB still today. Speechless. I heard that England to win by fifty. Plus, someone put a twenty on it. Twenty at one hundred and fifty. Correct. One hundred fifty-one. Yep. Yeah, I, I just, I'm still almost speechless from it, to be honest. And I said to Ricardo yesterday, it's completely changed my tune on Samoa for the World Cup. Oh, it should have. Yeah, like I, I just don't think they, um, I mean, Luai was a shadow of himself. I thought Milford and Levi were, were both very weak links in that did team. Did they Hopefully, look disinterested or what did they yeah, look? Yeah, well, the last 20 minutes they gave up. So if the scoreline had been, you know, like a 30 points to 12 or something, I could have sort of understood the upset. But they just gave up with 20 minutes to go. When Milford went off, they gave up. They stopped trying. But even the first few tries, like Milford was a turnstile on the fence. Um, Danny Levi was was hopeless in their hooking role. Hopefully they bring in Chanel in the halves to, to put Milford on the bench. But um, a lot of people talk about Matt Parrish as well as a coach, you know, and whether or not that continuity's there. And, and the post-match where they basically said that, oh, you know, like, yeah, just tough loss. We'll move on. We'll keep going. And it's sort of like, well... Actually, that was a really, really bad loss. But mm. especially when all those guys play together, Steph, all of the Panthers guys play week in, week out together. There's no excuse for them not having continuity, right? So, yeah, that, it probably is one of the worst, you know, like a $1.50. It should have it come in. Mm. $1.58 or something. 
But anyway. what they got down to head to head? Yeah, I we got them at a dollar sixty two, and then it dropped down to I think a dollar fifty eight. Then it went back up just before the game. I had a look, and it was a dollar seventy five or something mm. just before kickoff. Because the thing you're saying, uh, Samoa gave up. Lebanon didn't give up. Correct. The Kiwis. And that was the difference. That was the difference yesterday morning was Lebanon didn't let it get out of hand and they still mm. fought to the end. And they were disruptive, Lebanon, you know, like just getting up in our face. It's a Michael Checker style, wasn't it? Get up in the face defensively, disrupt them, put them off their game and hope that things will go your way, you know, two or three times in a game. I saw Checker's post-match interview and uh, he he was just effusive in his praise of Joey Manu. He's just going, what a guy that is. Yeah, freak. Jeez. Yeah. Um, what a try he scored too. Yeah. Is that? Freakish try. World Cup try of the year? Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. That's going to be hard tournament. to beat. That's yeah. going to be hard to beat, man. The solo if out of dummy half, little chip and chase. Regather, the dummies, it fins off two guys. Unreal age. Just, yeah, Stacey Jones, you know. Little general. Get your heart out. All right, we're going to take new sport and weather. It's the great man. It's John McNeil. He's got it all for you now. Welcome back in. Uh, afternoons with Steffi, 12 to 4. Every day, uh, we'll talk to three tomorrow because we have Running It Straight, uh, the Rugby League show. And we have Phoenix Nation on Thursday for all you Phoenix fans. Uh, that is three till four. So Sammy and Tony Kemp with Running It Straight. Ricardo Ball does the Phoenix Nation Thursdays three to four. But uh, irrespective, Gull sticks with us all afternoons. Gull, oh, fueling your mission all year round. They chuck some fuel in my car. Well, I pay for it. I bought some golf fuel uh, down in Papamoa, actually. Great golf station down there, right next to the car wash place. So it's just a car owner's delight down there. Wash the car, chuck some fuel in it, check the tyres. Did the whole shebang. Uh, good times, good times. Um, do remember, um, if you are SENZ's caller of the month, every month, uh, you can win a master-built Gravity Series 560 digital charcoal grill and smoker. Sam's ears pricked up. He loves the idea of a grill and a smoker. So all you got to do is just be uh, the Aber Living Caller of the Month. Masterbuilt Gravity Series, 560 Digital Charcoal Grill and Smoker. Google that, champions. Google that. It's an absolute ripper. Absolute ripper. Um, also, uh, very soon we're going to be t- going across the ditch to Jimmy Smith, who... Interestingly, and I'm going to ask him about this, He, when we first started talking to him, he had the complete Peter Sterling hairstyle. Not a hair to be seen. And fine, good as gold. Good as gold. And then he sort of started growing it back. And in fact, when we do our shows, behind us we have a huge big TV screen. And if I look at mine, it just says afternoon with Staffy, big picture of me, SENZ. Um, and goal and our frequency and sitting behind Jimmy Smith is the shaved head Jimmy Smith he now he said his daughter went to him and said daddy can you please grow your hair back so he has and I don't think he's had a haircut for about nine months he has a proper big bouffant like he could potentially I'd say with another three or four months growth he could do the sideways pour Fanta in it and go the full Donald Trump I think Jimmy Smith could do the full Donald Trump. I really could. Uh, someone's asked for updates on the cricket, please. I'm happy to oblige. 
Refresh. Central Stags are batting. Uh, 123 for two. Now that's pretty close to what it was last time. I'm just going to check for rain or something. 123 for two. Um, have we got any updates here? I haven't got a ball by ball. I'm just thinking that maybe there's a delay there because uh, that's pretty close to where they were last time. 39 and a half overs here because the other two games are well progressed. They're in the 60 over range. So CD, 123 for two. Uh, the Otago Vaults, 200 for seven. And Northern Districts are 188 for four. Uh, Firebirds won the toss and said, well, bowl. Uh, Auckland Aces won the toss and bowled. The Central Stags won the toss and will bat. I wonder if I can find out what the uh, what the story is with the weather. Um, it's being played in Nelson. Not not an not an often often raining situation. And I've just clicked on the live coverage, and it says it says it's raining. That's why it's not as progressed as the others. So there you go. Good service by uh, the cricket website, I must say. Let's just see if there's live streaming. Or oh, maybe not. Um, yeah, there is, but it's just one camera. So there you go. There is your Plunkett Shield updates. I never ask you if you want me to ask questions of Jimmy Smith across there in Australia. If you've got something you'd like to know. Now, he's you know, 100-odd games for Souths, I think. He was a he was a long-time NRL player. He's a big commentator of the game as well. Sam's just looked at me quizzically. Didn't realise that, did you, Sam? No, he only played like 30 games, I think, for Souths or something. Oh, maybe I added the training sessions. <laughs> yeah. But he did play for Souths. Yeah, he did play for Souths. He also played for um, one of the, maybe Cronulla? I was going to say St. George, but I might be wrong there. Oh, no, he played a lot of... Um, he played a lot of uh, we played Western Suburbs, Souths, and Salford. Salford? Yeah. Mm. Up in the Super League. Super League. Um, just uh, clean up with some texts that have come as well, Mark. Uh, thanks, lads, for the vault. So I think Mark was the winner of the $200 one, Sam. Uh, I went very conservative. I took a Canterbury win and then Scotland head-to-head at 590. I'm looking forward to the next two punts. Keep us up to date, Mark. I'd love to hear where these bonus bets are spent. Uh, join us, join the journey. Uh, one from No Name. Staffy, first of all, I want to thank you for improving netball commentary by an immeasurable amount. Um, is that my netball commentary? I, I'm still learning. Uh, I absolutely love it, though. Uh, and I love it so much. In fact, my mother rang me the next day and asked if I was all right because she thought I'd burst a foo-foo valve. But, yeah, I do love it. And um, they're going great guns to the ferns as well. And just talking to Yvette McCausland, Jury, how much how much importance is on the ANZ Premiership next year with all of these form players, all with a taste of the black dress, and they're going to have to whittle it down. I think they take, I think they take 12 to the world champs. And we've got... You know, at least 20 that wouldn't be out of place. Uh, from Rory, just the constant contributor that I, I, I just completely embrace. Uh, he's just texting saying, saying he was eating a quiche one time and he found a stone in it. He thinks it was quiche Richards. <laughs> it's, not often, it's not often one joke gets both me and Sam laughing. Rory uh, doesn't fail to live a Craig. Send some rippers. We can't read the, all of them all the time. Um, 
and we just had a text in for Kath and Kim in the top TV uh, characters of all time. That's going to get underway tomorrow, so join us for that. But we will have a break. We have to hit a certain time. Uh, Jimmy Smith out of SEN in Australia will join us after that. I just noticed that uh, the Otago Volts lost another wicket, 203 for eight, so I thought I'd go and find the destroyer before we catch up with Jimmy Smith. Well, Somerville, uh, three for 38 off his 17, and uh, Solia has two for 36, so they're in a good, a pretty good position, the Auckland Aces, and we've had a joke through. Uh, what's the difference between a bad golfer and a bad skydiver? A bad golfer goes whack, damn. A bad skydiver goes damn, whack. <laughs> Pretty close. We're going to go to Jimmy Smith from South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, very shortly. About now. Yes, yep. Is that Staffy? Hey, hey Staffy. Yes, mate. Um, magnificent hair, Jimmy. Have you had a haircut since your daughter said, Daddy, can you please grow your hair back? That is bouffant. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I used to cop a lot of that when I was younger about the bouffant and letting it grow. But uh, in answer to your question, Yes, but a trim, not a cut. Yeah. Do you check in with her on a regular basis to say, is this long enough, darling? No, I don't because they still have a go at me about the ball patch up the top. So. <laughs> no, but it's almost long enough. The front can be combed all the way down to the back and the ball patch will be gone. Well, see, my father had a comb over. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, I know. It was a source of great consternation for us as kids you know you go swimming and the, the whole thing had come down the one side mm. it was just it was just a real concern I always said to myself never ever 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 I, I'm preferring to call this a comb back than a comb over perfect so, now Jimmy another uh, another thing that you can have an important influence on remember in on this show we do we do brackets and we had the best lolly of all time the yes. best biscuit of all time we're yes. starting a new one today I like it. Um, and we're doing favourite TV characters of oh, all time. Okay. So when I say that, what's the first two or three that pop into your head? George Costanza. Yeah. Uh, immediately comes to mind. Okay. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, boy, when I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you Foghorn Leghorn's got no votes. George Costanza got a couple, but sits outside the 32 at the moment. Right. Oh, so you're going with a, a 32, are you? Yeah, we start with. We've had about 70 nominations, all of varying degrees. We've got some clear-cut, absolute lock-ins, like uh, like uh, Tony Soprano, um, wow. like Hawkeye from Mash, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Klinger yeah. from Mash, yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah, we've we've had a, a few lock-ins. Uh, Jennifer Aniston from Friends has got a few. Rachel. What about um, Ronnie Howard, Richie Cunningham? None. None. Lots None for the Fonzie. Yet. Lots for Fonzie. Fonz, yeah, Fonzie's yeah, no, in there. Enough. Yeah, fair so enough, uh, we'll give you updates every Tuesday on how our bracket's going. Oh, I, can I vote? How do I vote in that? Um, you can text the show. It's free. You just go onto the SEN app and okay. uh, click on um, click on Afternoon Staffy and send us a text, and you can vote. And we'll put Have them you... up. Put them up on Instagram. People vote on there as well. It's a, it's a huge thing. I'd imagine you've been on TV during the course of your uh, illustrious career, Staffy. Often. Yeah, right. Would you sneak into the top 32, do you think? Well, I was never on a TV series. Do you know what my first TV appearance was? First one ever was I was a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Is that right? Yep. How'd you go? 
I could not stop spinning bankrupt and miss a turn. <laughs> and the two, the two girls I was on with, the clue was, well, the answer was Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And I knew what it was after like maybe two or three consonants. And yes. they had no idea what it was. And I oh. hit two bankrupts and a miss a turn and couldn't get in. And the first girl, it was Jonathan Livingston. And the first girl's guess was Jonathan Livingston Budgerigar. I kid you yeah. not. Because she'd yeah. never heard of the uh, the great book and song by Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, yeah, mm. yeah. There you there go. You go. Now, has that sort of summed up your media career since then? That you. Well, I was I, I was on every weekend for about fifteen years um, for the TAB doing the odds live on uh, at cricket and rugby and league and yachting and netball. That was my job before this. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that sounds awful. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I had more test matches than Richie McCaw. <laughs> and you were more on side than Richie McCaw too, in another, yeah. which was interesting. Uh, all right, mate, Rugby League World Cup. What did you make of, what's the nation made of the start by the Kiwis? Oh, pretty happy, pretty bedazzled by uh, the effort of Joey Manu, um, just a a one-man wrecking machine. Uh, I guess the thing that's got all the talk over here, Jimmy, was the lacklustre performance of Samoa, who arrived at the World Cup, and everyone was talking about them as probably the third-best team at the Cup and favourites to make the final because, of course, us guys and you guys are going to meet in the semi and everyone was yes. saying Samoa's going to be in the final. But hell's bells, what a capitulation. To lose is one thing. To lose in the manner in which they did, there seemed to be a lot of finger-pointing too, you know, when players, you know, England score and then everyone starts looking at each other, which is mm. never a good sign. There's enormous pressure coming under... Uh, Samoa. Uh, we just had the analyst on talking about how all of their players from the grand final didn't perform well. Mm. Um, same too with New Zealand. The players from the grand final didn't perform up to expectations. So there were lots of them for Samoa. So that might be an excuse. They're going to finish second in their pool now. And that means they'll have Tonga in the quarterfinal. What a match that'll be. Wow. They'll get wow. up for that one. Don't you worry about that, Jimmy Smith. And don't worry, so will Tonga. So mm. um, that that that's a that's going to be a cracker. So the two semi-finals will be great. That quarter-final will be great as well. Um, some of the other performances, like we've got Luke Keary who played really well uh, for Ireland, you know, and for him to pull on that jersey and 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 play so well is a, a great moment. We had uh, Billy Margulius set up a try for Greece. They were beaten comprehensively by France, but that's that's all of interest at this point. I think it's um. I think it's getting a, a good traction over here in Australia. Mm. Anyway, T20 World Cup. We got you guys. Sell out SCG Saturday. Mm. Yeah, don't plan a full day, Jimmy. I think you get to go home early. Um, New Ooh. Zealand cricket team is such rocks and diamonds. They can beat anyone and they can lose to anyone. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the draw, but God, I hope we're not playing with Namibia after what they did to South Africa. Uh, oh, who who did they beat? Nam- no, they beat the the UAE, didn't they? Uh, Sri Lanka. No, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Sri yeah. Lanka. Smacked them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard Mornay Morkel. He was doing some work with Namibia uh, on the run home with uh, Steve O'Keefe. He's mates with him down at Manly Cricket Club. So um, so he and Albie uh, are working with that Namibian site, which mm-hmm. is uh, absolutely fantastic. Hey, we've actually um, got a nomination from a listener. Nice. Did you? Yeah. <clears throat> Al Bundy. He's a, he's going to be in one of the top five or six seeds, El Bundy. Okay. There you go. Okay. There you go, listener. He's on. Must be a Kiwi. You have the intelligence like that. Uh, 
no name on it, just 873. Um, so there we go. It's, we usually identify people by the last three digits of their... Um, so, all right, that that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's going to be... Um, uh, I Dream of Jeannie. Does, did she get a start? Actually, she didn't, but she should have. Yeah. Elizabeth Montgomery. That was her name, wasn't it? I thought that was Bewitched. Oh, if I got the right. Oh, Barbara Eden. Barbara, Barbara Eden. Eden. There yeah. you go. John McNeil, our newsreader, just blasted him. Did any of the goodies get a start? No, they didn't. Uh, Basil Fawlty did. Oh, yeah. Basil Fawlty. Um, oh, the list is express. I, I, I used four pages of A4 paper to write them all down, <laughs> mate. It was just... Oh. Just hope that was budgeted for. Yeah, one vote for Ken Barlow from Coronation Street, please. Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Great nomination. Mr. T, Klinger, Magnum P.I., Doctor Who, Del Boy, Tim the Tall Man Taylor. Look at them. Yeah, very good. Mm. I tell you what, we're going to have to uh, do a cross-collab. We'll have to collaborate on that one. Yes, that's, we will. That's it. Uh, we'll I'll send you our bracket of 32. Please. Good on you, mate. That. We'll catch All up. Right. Yeah, we've got to go. Thank you, Staffy. Uh, Cheers, mate. Jimmy Smith, Australia. We'll be back with Back in the Day. Uh, we're going to have a look back in the day. October 18, 1964, 18-year-old American Don Schollander became the first swimmer to win four golds at a simple, uh, single Olympics. And on this day in 1969, in some of the worst crowd behaviour seen in test cricket, police were stoned, bonfires were lit in the stands. Um, it was carnage on the third day of the third test uh, against New Zealand at Hyderabad. It was India. Uh, 1969, Karim Abdul-Jabbar made his debut. Birthdays today, Thomas the Hitman Hearns is 64, Ryan Nelson's 45, Mike uh, Tyndall is 44, and Luca Jones was born on this day in 1988. The number one movie in 2010 was Paranormal Activity 2, and the number one song was by Jay Sean. And on that note, we bid you farewell. The run home with Kirsten Beave is upcoming very quick. Thanks to Kiz and thanks to Sammy. We'll do it all again tomorrow. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.